Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. As always, I am Brent Young, joined by two guys that have taken in Bearcat Sports this week, and they're ready to spew all of their thoughts and love and happiness. That is right. Aaron Smith and Chad Brando. Aaron, Chad, how are we? Don't good. New S- same. And he's oh. gone. We, wow. we lost Brent. <laughs> I did not Just see like that. that coming. I did not see that. Did you boot him? <laughs> no, I didn't do anything. Just like that, he's poof. Too much, too much hype on that intro. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> You want to introduce our guest then? I can. That's fine. Uh, as I as I had mentioned in the uh, in the mailbag, we do have a uh, longtime listener, first time caller joining us today. But Dave Simone from the BCJ Pod, you can hear him on I don't Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, whatever it is at this point. Who knows? But Dave, welcome to the show for the first time. Well, thank oh. you for thank you for having me. Where'd yes. you go? Sorry about that. So, so with the Zoom, the little thing pops up and it says you are recording. And normally, you just click "got it" and get it out of the way. And I was trying to click real fast and hit "leave meeting," and now here we are. Too excited in that intro. I told you he was. Yeah. He, was he was flustered with me joining. Guys. Oh man, I was arms oh, I the, flailing everywhere. I had the Good greatest Lord. introduction ever for Dave too. <laughs> Go oh, ahead. Wow. We'll let you oh, redo wow. it. No, no, you no. The, the fire is lost. Oh, the embers have already been been spread. We're done. We're done with the introductions. But Dave, how are we? Welcome to the BBP. Great to have you. Because you won't be on the BCJ pod, so we got to we got to get your voice on the airwaves somehow. So so welcome to the BBP. Happy to have you, brother. Thank you, thank you. This is uh, it's an honor to be to be on the, the BBP. Just make sure you don't press leave meeting whenever that that we are recording thing pops up. Jeez. Rookie Jesus mistake, Christ. rookie mistake. But Aaron, you you introduced Dave. I caught the tail end of it. Anything, uh, anything that you were able to spew about this this legendary man to uh, to our right on the screen here, from from Tennessee, Knoxville, born and raised in in the Queen City area, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yes, yes, dad, I, some, is, somewhat correct. Your your dad and your mom and your aunt are fantastic to talk to at the tailgates. They are great people, and uh, yes. And so, if you are half the person that they are, then you're going to have a great podcast with us tonight on the BBP. Wow. Speaking of great, ten and zero. We, we got to hop right into basketball uh, first, right, Dave? Sure. I'm joking. Ten and zero football. It's your podcast. You're, you, you do what you want. No, I want to hear your thoughts on football. We'll get basketball near the tail end so that you can. The hell is think going about what on right now? Just ready. Ten and zero. Another victory at South Did you have an Adderall USF. before the show started? <laughs> no, no, I no, did not do that. Dude, You're no. all over the place. I know. I am. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I just did like research on Alabama A and M, so I don't even know where my mind is at all. Jeez, uh, that's a uh, over the rainbow and back. But um, Dave, ten and zero, USF, the Bulls. Yet again, giving the Bearcats a game. Second half, it was 38-28 at one point. Bearcats come out with a win. Ryan Montgomery touchdown run adds a little bit of style at the end. What are your observations? Just I, is, is it just at this point, or is it just keep on winning? Or at this point, are you thinking, because in the postgame press conference, 
Luke Fickle and the players, they weren't overly thrilled with yet another victory. Your thoughts? I thought it was at least, I don't know. I mean, the very, very beginning was obviously interesting with the interception and then, uh, or the fumble, then the interception. But I thought it, offensively, it was a, a big step up from what we had seen, um, you know, the last three games prior. You know, I don't, like, I, we keep hearing, the, you know, when are they going to play a complete game or a 60-minute? They're not. Like, outside of Georgia, no one is. Like, you play a hot, hopefully 30 minutes, and ride that to a win. Like, Alabama's not. Ohio State has started to play much better, but they went through a stretch where they weren't coming close to playing a complete game. I just, I'm just not sure that anybody is at that point right now outside of Georgia. And, you know, you rush, throw for over 300, you rush for over 200. I think if we're being uber, uber critical, I didn't love the series once they got it down to first and goal at the five. If you score there, it's 45-21 with 11 and a half minutes to go. I mean, you know, and then you don't score and you give up the most uncharacteristic 98-yard touchdown drive where you give up two third and 10s and a third and 16. Like, it's just – it's the weirdness of this year kind of encapsulated into a single drive. Um, But – I am much, I, you know, you guys know, I, I have been much more of a big picture than I try to dissect the minutia of every series or every game. Right. Like, you know, you held them, they held them to th- what, 38, 39 yards in the first half. And yeah, they yep. didn't play a great second half, but outside of the times we turned the ball over at the beginning, we punted one time, like they weren't stopping. I mean, the, 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 obviously the fourth and goal that didn't, they didn't convert. But, like, even at 10 points, like, the game wasn't in doubt. No. And I know that that's not necessarily the, the benchmark that we're trying to, to reach, whether it's in doubt versus a 2-17. and 17. Right. Um, But, like, I think with, you know, we can get in, I'm sure we'll get into it at some point, but, like, they're 10-0, and 19-1 in two years, like, Try to like, I don't know. I just get, I kind of, I'm to the, my breaking point of like trying to tell people how they should handle all of this. Like, you handle it however you want. I choose to enjoy the hell out of it because, you know, whether it's the Tommy Tuberville years, whether it's my last however long as a Tennessee fan, like, I'm not taking this stuff for granted. I'm not getting myself worked up over singular moments when the goal the goals that they they personally set out to achieve at the in august are all still right there so why am i going to worry about you know a play call here a drive there it's just not that important to me yeah well i i think i think college football the way it's set up is making you think that way and, and making people think that way especially what happens on tuesday nights but aaron go ahead with what you were going to say I was just going to say, you say uh, you don't get caught up in singular moments. What about Desmond Ritter? Yep. 
getting getting the record for most touchdowns. I got caught up in that moment. That was fantastic to see. You know, I mean, him get the all time record for most touchdowns. Oh, it's it's outstanding, and it just like it goes. One thing it proves among you know countless is that don't you know we shouldn't just cast a lot on guys after even a year or two years. I mean, like the improvement that Des has shown from just last year to this year, but cumulatively from in his career, I'm not going to say it's like unexpected, but I mean, the guy is, <laughs> whether people want to believe it or not, he very well could be drafted in the first round. Right. And there is absolutely no way you could have predicted that four years ago. No, and no. to come in and set a passing touchdown record on a team and in an offense that for two years of those four years of him as a starter was not a, a, you know, vertical threat passing team. So he's going to be top five in wins in college football history. Yeah. I was going to say like, at, at what point do you say, not only is he going to be one of the best in UC program history, but, I mean, he, he's going to be one of the win- winningest. He's going to hold a lot of program records. Yeah, he'll, like, he'll likely be fourth. Kellen Moore, Colt McCoy, David Green. Right. Um, so, at what point are you like, okay, this is actually one of the better college football players in the past decade or whatnot that is, is on, on the team at, at the most, pos- most important position? And, and I th- feel like not really taking it for granted, but kind of the whole college football playoff thing is – has taken away a little bit how much we should really be enjoying the ride, especially with oh, what Desmond I, is. I certainly agree with that. Um, I'm, you know, I won't go as, I don't know where I would categorize him in the entire sport, but I think from just a leadership standpoint, and you don't just win games because you have a good quarterback. Like, obviously they're winning yeah. games because they have a lot of good players. But, right. like, when was – I guess, I mean, it, it, they haven't really needed it. But, like, when's the last time when, you know, outside of the Peach Bowl, were we, like, we need Des to deliver, and he legit, like, didn't deliver? Yeah, I don't know. He wins. I mean, that's, it, that's it. He would just it have wins. to be, well, all the way back well, to Memphis. Memphis, AAC championship game, yeah. Right, like, when's the last time where we were, like, in a big spot, and we're, like, okay, this is a game Des needs to be that guy that we all think he is and where he's just, like, even to go, like, beyond that, like, when's the last time he just, like, had a shitty game? Like, a, a legit, like, crapper. USF I, a year ago, kind of? <laughs> kind of? First half was definitely yeah, very bad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. But, I mean, like, in college <laughs> football, with the way that things go, like, to go like basically a, a full, you know, 10 games and then probably like 15, 16. I don't know when the USF game was in the schedule mm-hmm. last year, but like a season plus, I'm just like, I just didn't have it today. Right. No, I, I think those are, those are few and far between. I mean, you could, you could argue that this season there were like a couple games where the numbers were a little bit lower than what you would have wanted, but. I mean, that's that's based off of how yeah, the game was I guess, going. Like, I don't really – I'm not as much into, like, the counting 
right. stats. I'm into like watching the game yeah. and like right. seeing when big throws are needed and big throws are made. Like, yeah, he, he, that's like the, the goofballs from UCF after the game, like Mikey Keene threw for more yards than Des Ritter. I'm like, because right. we ran for 9,000 yards straight up your ass. <laughs> right. Like he literally did not need to throw the ball. Boom. Roasted. So like, <laughs> sounds painful. I'm, it's a bad yeah, alley like, to go, but are there, yeah, it's more <laughs> about like, when do you need to throw when it's third down? Like w- we need to pick up this first down to continue to drive the score or to ice a game. Right. I just, I think he's, you know, I'm not a historian by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to UC great, you know, all time greats, but it's very hard for me to think that there has been as, as impactful a player regarding like the team and the trajectory of a pro of the program than him. Right. Yeah, side effects, I, side effects uh, of running the ball of 9,000 yards straight up your ass can include anal leakage. Please call your doctor. If you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. Oh man. Ooh. Anyway, um, this was the PG podcast. Was, I thought we were no, the, just Brent. No, just Brent. Oh, okay. I was a little reckless there, but hey, you know, <laughs> kind of like what you said, Dave. It's it, he is the quintessential quarterback for Luke Fickle, just someone who's not going to make all the the plays that would lead to a loss. I, you know, my my favorite thing about Des is is the fact that you know I used to always just think like, okay, it's third and four in a crucial part of the game, or it's you know third and five, third and six. Des is going to find a way to somehow pick up that first down, unless it's you know. We won't talk about that, but so it's it's just something where he seems to be that player that is going to go out there and pick up that yardage when needed during a crucial time of the game. And I mean, we saw that you know last time that they went to Tampa, that USF game, that was very you know it was, it was one to prick your eyes out. But you know he was the reason why on that last drive, you know picked up a big first down through the air, picked up a couple more with his legs set up the game-winning field goal. I it, it just seems like he is always right there. And then that, that ECU game that year as well. So, I don't know. It's It's been fun watching Dez go um, all throughout his career. How did ESPN do with kind of letting everyone know that he did break the record? Did they kind oh, they of highlight all, yeah. that? or They were all over it. Yeah, I mean, they – because Andre Ware was, you know, as a quarterback, they talked about, you know, just – I mean, they, I actually, it was one of the better broadcasts that I can remember. And I, I try not to pay like a ton of attention to what they're actually saying. Um, right. Maybe that's like the Rod Gilmore effect. But, <laughs> um, but I just thought they did a really good job of, not that it was like some UC three hour infomercial, but Andre Ware like legit went at the playoff committee. Like, I have not heard an announcer do which I just fantastic. Was, was kind of funny like just basically, what did he say he basically told them that they're bad at their job okay <laughs> like you know like he said he would have had you would have uc number two he was you know shooting down the whole notion of like style points and and all those and i and i think that is much more of a um media fan driven thing than than in in reality i think style points to some 
maybe equals like playing well and I don't know it's like I don't think that's a thing as much as some people do yeah but I you know they definitely talked about the you know their the uh relationship with Gino and kind of making fun of the padding the stat you know you get the the pop pass now the jet sweep that now counts as a pass so (laughs) you know stuff like that but it was it was definitely a, a much better call than we're sometimes used to getting. Well, I, well, and they finally ran that little pop pass in a goal line situation. I, that's I've been I've been dying for them to to utilize Trey Tucker in that situation, just so that you can shift the defense. And even you know, and then in, in the future you can do a little fake pop pass, and all of a sudden defense is thrown off and whatnot. So I I was happy to see that, especially getting Tucker involved. But how how unique is it? A situation like what Des has with Gino Gadouli there, seeing and working with him every day, and pretty much throughout his entire career, having Gino there as as his voice and you know as as someone to continuously pump him up and and help him out throughout the the down times, and then of course as as the career progressed, kind of be the uh, the guiding light and say, hey, let's 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 go out and do it. It's pretty cool to have have Gino there on the staff, and man, he is. He is so 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 smooth in the uh, post game press conference with his voice and everything. I, Gino is just uh, just just an awesome asset for Des as well. Silver it's Fox. definitely it's definitely unique, especially at the level that UC's been at. I mean, how many fifth year guys have had the same quarterback coach the whole time they've been in school? I mean, some of these guys haven't had the same have have had two or three head coaches, let alone a position coach. So to get, to get the same guy, to get a guy that understands the quarterback position, the way that Gino does to get someone that understands the university and the dynamic in the city, the way Gino, like it's not something that I think is really, you know, out there too often anywhere else. You very rarely get, you know, you get someone that maybe played quarterback, but they didn't play it at the school they're, they're coaching at. And they don't, you know, you just don't have coaches staying there for that amount of time. I mean, I saw a thing the other day, and this could be totally made up, but at least it makes sense on the surface of, you know, 70% of the coaches that recruit a player are not going to be there by the time that player either, you know, transfers, leaves early for the NFL draft, or graduates. So, the stability that, and I think that's a big reason why UC has had the success they have, is the stability of the coaching staff and the trust from the players of each other and of the coaching staff allows them to sometimes maybe get in situations where you're at South Florida and you fumble the ball and then you throw an interception and they're up 7 nothing, and you're like, what the heck is going on? Like, why can't we get out of our own way, it seems like. And nobody seemed to panic. Like, they went right down the field and scored. Like, the defense was filthy in the first half. Like, you know, it's 24-7 at half, 31-7 right away at the beginning of the second half. And, yeah, I mean, Coach Fickle talked about it. Like, whether it was letting up, whether it was, you know, I don't know. I'm never going to, like, accuse a player of, like, effort or anything like that unless it's so blatantly obvious that, everybody could see it but you know they that's the 
they have things to get better at. But I thought that that game, outside of you know those ten minutes or so, was definitely an overall improvement from the you know Navy Tulsa Tulsa games. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well. Then how about the? Uh, I mean, that's with all the injuries that you know cropped up. I, obviously, the drone Ford injury was something that was. Uh, not expected, but was was tossed around. And then, you know, Jake Renfro being out as well. And then all of a sudden, you know, Brian Cook in the second half later on. And I, I mean, you got to you got to be kind of pleased with what the three running backs did. And especially in, in Dez as well, throw him in the mix because he kind of upped his rushing as well in that game. I mean, you got to be pretty, pretty happy with what you saw out of, uh, you know, Ryan Montgomery and, and Ethan Wright. Some of those runs that Ethan Wright had were just you know, getting me pretty excited up in the press box. But, you know, it, in, in all, it seemed as if all of them really just stepped up in, in the absence. And when some teams, like you said, could have just folded and been like, okay, well, you know, we're without Ford. We're, we're without our starting center. But the next man up at this point has just been so strong that they just kept on going without a beat. Yeah. I mean, I think coaches and, you know, and players like to use the next man up thing. But, like, sometimes your next man up is, like, 5'7 and runs a 5'2". Right. So, like, it does still kind of matter if you have, like, good depth and, and good players. Like, USF defensively is a mess. And they have an insane amount of injuries. They had three corners that were, that were scholarship players playing in that game. So we should do what we did for the majority of that game. Um, on our end, like, I was really – I mean, I was impressed with all three running backs. Ethan Wright, the way he runs – he, like, he, he reminds me of, and this may be only to me, like, the level of annoyance that he will cause other fans, I feel like is on, like, a J.J. Redick, Tyler Hansborough level. <laughs> where, like, they'll be like, why can't we just tackle this guy? Like, there's four guys there, and he just keeps, like, the old, like, when you're in Pee Wee and they're, like, chop the legs. Like, Ethan Wright, that must have been, like, branded into his arm or something, like, Cause he literally like, I still don't think he got that fourth down run, um, but he made it so that it was so close that they gave it to him on the field. And then it was, they didn't have a great angle to overturn it, but like his just effort guys are going to consider consistently wrap him up and then slide down. him because they think he's just going to go down he's, it's going to be, it's going to be bad news. Like he runs so hard. For, no, and for an upright runner too, like you don't see that. Like upright runners are more so susceptible to, you know, going down easily because their legs chopped out from under. Sure. Yeah, they're giving you more of their lower body to to hit and their midsection to hit. So I mean, I thought they did a great job. I would assume, you know, based on being able to go through warmups to some extent, that Ford is going to give it a go this week. I mean, it's a pretty big game. Like he seemed pretty annoyed that he wasn't quite there um, last week. So, you know, you got those, those four guys and I don't know how that'll, he'll dictate carries, but yeah, I mean, they're to say you got four backs and the guy, one of the guys we were the most excited to see, like Miles Montgomery, just not even going to have, not even going to come close to stepping on the field because you've got four sweet running backs that have all earned 
playing time. And I thought, I thought the offensive line did a very good job with the with the switches. Again, you know, they're not USF's defense is atrocious, but that doesn't stop you from having just total missed assignments, bad snaps, things like that that we have seen. You know, over the last couple of games, I thought the tackles have struggled a little bit um, in one-on-one situations, and I didn't really notice any of that. And we got a little – I felt like we were more creative in the run game, you know, just giving getting those automatic five, six yards that we've kind of been talking about all year that, that is available to teams if you just, you know, get it outside real fast. So I'm hoping to see a continuation of that this week. Yeah, I, I would imagine that that Ford's going to play, but um, Aaron, let's let's talk a little bit about that that offensive line because it it seems as if you know Renfro out, and we talked about this all throughout camp and and leading up to the season, it it was the fact of you know when when the center goes out, it's it's going to be a confusion of of who's going to be able to step in, but all of a sudden you're you're able to throw out Vinny McConnell who is is right probably one of the, the better options for teams to have just as a senior leader, not necessarily as a backup center, but I mean, it seems as if from my vantage point, he, he did pretty well. I don't know what they caught on the camera or anything, but I, just, just the ability to, to flip and flop and put, put different players in like that is, is really something that is a value and something that is a reason why Cincinnati is where they are. Yeah. You know, we kind of talk about it throughout the season when they've had different guys go up, different guys go down, all of that. Uh, and largely it's been just McConnell and uh, um, Max uh, just trying to stay on the field. Um, but it looks like McConnell's back, and that's a good thing to have. It should be very fresh at this point. Um, so, that, you know, it, you didn't really see a whole lot of drop-off in any of the line play, especially with, you know, running for 200 yards. That's a fantastic accomplishment, especially without your your workhorse this entire season. Um, not only that, you know, they, they didn't really seem to struggle in the uh, the penalty department either. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like one of those things where just everyone's off kilter because you're missing a guy. So, no, to your point, you know, it was, it was great to get everything back on track. Do you guys think Sauce locked down a first-team All-American slot just uh, stat-wise in the game on Friday? I mean, I don't think that that's been in question for <laughs> – a month or two. I mean, no, yeah. But I mean that this 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 corner blitz. I I gotta hear your guys' opinion on it because it, it it's smart. If literally teams are not even gonna look his way, you know, some, yeah, they should be doing it more. You have very aggressive, yes, very aggressive, and good tacklers in Cook, Bush, and I mean Kobe. I mean all of them. Yeah, but we don't. You don't see Kobe blitz because of where he he lines up. It just takes too long to get there. Right. Um, but like, I would be just. I would become. I would be disguising and doing all sorts of of that type of stuff. Whether you know, having two guys come in from one end with Cook being one of them, and you bail somebody else back, or I don't know. I don't know how they draw it up or whatever. But like. I mean, if if, you, if the guy's got two sacks and two forced fumbles in two straight games, maybe we should try that some more. Well, and especially not two forced, not two forced fumbles. Davis Brin didn't fumble, but um, two two sacks and a forced fumble. Especially with all the teams that 
we're going so run heavy against this. I would have loved to see this sooner and just taking advantage of the fact that you have teams that are running and running and running and running and running and running. Just send an extra guy in there from your secondary that I don't feel like they were doing nearly enough. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said, you know, Chad and I talked about last week and I, yeah, I just kind of felt we were getting to the, we kind of got to a point where when you're like really good at something and you're just like, well, we're just going to do that because we're really, really good at it. You do kind of sometimes leave yourself open to teams being like, yeah, they do this really, really good, but like we know what they're going to do. So we can at least try to come up with variations of how to defeat that. And granted, over a 60-minute game, that's not going to work. But you you kind of leave yourself open to like what we saw in, against Tulsa and I think a little bit against Navy. I wouldn't say really with Tulane. I mean, that was that was more on us offensively than it was them doing anything to us. Um, sure. But, like, they were able to figure some things out that had some success, but not – I mean, still, like, we all – gasp at like almost 300 yards rushing by Tulsa and they still only scored 20 points so it's like yeah they had a really good amount of success but when it mattered we shut it down so that's like that's the thing it's like how much how much can you take advantage of when the team is like we're just going to do this because we know we're great at it and you might have a couple drives that are successful but like how how much success can you really expect to have when you just are at a talent disadvantage against a really, really good unit. Right, right. Well, well speaking of doing they the Bearcats won. It, it's another win, 10-0. And, and I, I think in the end, hopefully that is really what matters, are the wins. There's, uh, three, there's three undefeated teams. One of them is the, the clear-cut best team in college football. Yeah. The other one I think is pretty darn good, but also hasn't played anybody worth a flying you-know-what. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm – and believe me, I'm not going to be the be the person to like crap on another G5 team. Like, you mm-hmm. watch Texas San Antonio, like they've got good dudes, but like let's be real, like they're not playing. In, Conference USA is trash, right? And then it's UC. Like, are we really gonna like? They won by 17 in a conference game on the road, and they're 10 and 0 on a Friday, and, short week. Yeah, short week. And what? And USF was playing pretty solid. You know, I, I, I'm sick of people just looking at the record. And their then, offense, their and offense, that's it. and they, they've played a ridiculous schedule. I mean, Florida has turned out to not be good, but they've played them right at the beginning of the year. Right. They've played NC State. They've played Houston. Like, they've played about as tough a schedule as you could play in their position. Right. Yeah. And and then now, ever since their bye week, they, you know, against SMU, against, you know, all these other teams coming off the bye, they, they were leading every single game at halftime. They were putting up fights against every single team that they played. And, you know, I, it, I think it, there's a lot of truth behind when, when these coaches are saying, you know, the AAC doesn't get enough respect. These are good teams. It, but it is pretty top-heavy as far as records go. And, oh, you yeah. know, you, and, and you hear a lot, of, a lot of talk from the college football playoff committee and other, you know, media heads around the country is just like, oh, well, Cincinnati struggled against a two-and-seven team or a three-and-blah-blah-blah team. They, they really throw in that record. So now the final three games of the season, you know, saying that Cincinnati goes on to the AAC championship game, they're all going to be against teams with winning records. And two teams that I don't know if SMU will hop up, probably not into the, into the rankings this, this week, but Houston probably should. 
Um, I mean, what what's your view as far as this first big match, big uh, big showdown for the Bearcats in, in quite a while? I, it seems like SMU's wide receiver, Danny Gray, will probably be out. I don't know, possibly. That kind yeah, of takes – Takes a hit that on their be, passing that's game. That's a big loss for them if he can't play. I mean, he he injured his foot, ankle, something against UCF. Was seen uh, with a boot on, on crutches, yeah. crutches. Crutches, yeah. I mean, he's their second leading receiver from catch standpoint, but only two behind their leader. And he leads in yards. He leads in yards per reception. And he leads in touchdowns. Like, I mean, there's no other way to cut it. Yeah, they've got. Rishi Rice and Reggie Roberson, and obviously they've got some younger guys that they're expecting to be good receivers. But I mean, he's their best receiver. Yeah, yeah. So if he's not there. It's a huge loss. I guess also Ulysses Bentley is kind of their running back. They've got two good running backs, him and Trey Siggers. He played, but there seems to be some question on how healthy he is and right. if he will play this week as well. I would be more surprised if he didn't play than if he – or if he – I'd be more surprised if he didn't play. And then I would be pretty surprised if Gray does play. Um, but, like – Tanner Mordecai is still a dude. Yeah. Tanner Mordecai is a dude that also, like, stares the shit down out of his receivers and takes a bunch of really bad sacks. So – I think I for the first time – I think for the first time in, in roughly, like, what, four games we're finally going to get to see Cincinnati get to play their style defense well, their style the, offense the thing. And, and have and a I, flow of the game seasons are not necessarily in games from year to year are not necessarily transferable but like those boys were afraid last year they you had a chance to make that a game you don't drop they, as many passes as they drop when you throw the ball that much if you know, if you're not hearing some footsteps, so many drops in that game. And like I said, it's not transferable, but they're going to get big boyed Saturday again. Ten point, ten point is the spread. Um, oh, it's down to ten. Last I looked on ESPN, it opened at like thirteen and a half. But Chad, before not we that move, I, not that I care we get about on the that, right, but. yeah. Oh no, we don't. You don't do that kind of stuff. But Chad, did you want anything on, on USF before we move on to this SMU? Okay. Yeah. So so like, no. absolutely not. Right. Well, I didn't know if he had some like hidden gem that he saw. And I'm saving wonder, it for Wednesday night. Like, I got I got a guest host Wednesday night. I'm saving it for then. Oh. Ooh, little tease. That's what we call a tease. Anyway. In, in the industry. In the industry. Uh, so so Dave, I and, and Aaron, because you you've been covering the, the games to track really you know around the country. Is this going to finally be a game where if the outcome does come in the Bearcats' favor and possibly by, you know, a, a few scores and whatnot, is it going to finally be a game where the talking heads and, and, and those that make the, uh, make the big bucks on Tuesday nights, is that going to be a game where they're finally pointed out as being some sort of a barometer-type game? Uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean – What's I mean, gonna happen? I'm just, is... I'm just being real. Like it's right. But, but the thing is, it doesn't really matter. Like yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter at this point. Um, the Big Ten's gonna take care of themselves this week, starting this week. Exactly. Yeah. And like, if if that's the, if there's where you know, I don't want to skip ahead to that conversation, but like, sure, it doesn't matter at this point. Like that's what that's what cracks me up about like the whole like 
not looking impressive or style point thing. Like, it literally does not matter. We're to the point in the season where there are legitimately, I don't know, what, seven, eight, nine teams that can make the playoff. Three of them are going to play each other in, over the next two weeks. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. Right. Everything um, should take care of itself. Right. And if, and if that means, if, if when it all shakes out and if UC goes 13-0 and they don't make the playoff, we didn't expect they didn't make the playoff when the season started anyway. Like, will we be mad? Of course we'll be mad because that's what we do. We get mad. And will we think yep. that they got screwed? Of course we'll think they got screwed. Yep. Because like, they got screwed. Because they got screwed. Right. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, like, I'm more, like, I just try to stay as a fan, as someone that pseudo, you know, covers the team, talks about the team. Like, I'm just, like, s- Sunday night. I was like, when is the SMU game? Like, I was, re- I'm ready. Like, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bigger atmosphere than any game any of us have ever been to Out, uh, on UC's campus. Bigger last than week. college game day last week? Oh, was yeah. Pretty popping. I'll tell you that much. I mean, like, but, just the, the game itself, not, right, you know, taking right. away the, the pregame and all that. Like, this is, as I've said on, you know, probably a couple different BCJ. This is nut cutting time. Like Luke always talks about playing our best football in November. Right. And I think last week's game was a step up in the right direction from the previous three. And now you have a team that's going to come in. They're going to, there's the team that Chad and I have been talking about for a month that is not going to change a single thing that they do. Finally. They're going to run – and the, the one – the thing that does concern me is that a lot of their routes are runaway routes where they are trying to get their guys running away from the defender. So slants, crosses, stuff like that. That is just – it's harder to cover. <clears throat> it's harder to track down. The lanes are e- – the, the throwing lanes are easier for the quarterback to see. So, you know, it's a – it's going to be the – stiffest competition since Notre Dame. But like, I mean, their defense is not very good. They're, you know, they they did well, I guess, offensively last week against UCF. UCF is one of the worst tackling football teams I've ever seen in my life. You don't say. Uh, it, it was pr- some of the a lot of those plays, just guys just weren't even touched. Or right. when they did get touched, they were easily getting off tackles. I mean, this is just like a, a – all right, boys, like we went down to your place last year and, and kind of dog-walked your asses. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you throw it around and your quarterback's got a ton of yards, but we got, you know, a pretty damn good defense that you haven't seen anything near to yet this year out, you know, outside of maybe Houston. And we saw what happened, you know, that game was, was neck and neck and UC's offense is significantly better than Houston's offense. Spreads currently at 12, by the way. So, and, and it's senior night, senior day, if you will, pseudo senior day though, because if things shake out, it'll be back at NIP for the, for the AC championship. But yeah, I mean, it'll be, Dez doing his thing, Kobe doing his thing. I, you know, just you know, Darian Beavers, Joel DeBlanco. This is this is a a 
big group that is looking to, to send things out in a big way. So um, I don't know, like you said, it was a, uh, that game at SMU kind of jump started this whole domination thing. I, I feel like kind of the whole, yeah, that was like, I think that was the game after the USF game where we were all kind of like, what's yeah. USF on? game by week and then uh, yep. domination. Yes. Yeah. And, I that, mean, and they've had in both the last two years, they've had a very hard time with Des um, in 2019 throwing and with 2018 or in 2020 running. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we saw, more designed quarterback runs this past week than I think probably in the two or three weeks leading up to it. I think we're going to see more this week. They haven't handled it well at all, whether it's been designed or him, you know, escaping and and picking up yards. I mean, he had, he had several long runs. I mean, everyone remembers the 91 yard run, but he also had like a 32 yard touchdown run. And another, you know, I think 15 to 20 yard touchdown run mm-hmm. in that game. So, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I don't see how they slow him down and their off, like their offense is good, but it's also, there's also been weird games where you're like, what is, what is going on? I mean, they needed a literal last second of the game Hail Mary to beat Louisiana Tech earlier this season. They have two losses. Both of them came on the road. They're going on the road again to a place that they haven't lost a home game in, what is it now, 25 straight, something like that. So – so you're taking the Bearcats. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Ip, ipso facto. You, you can't go 13 enough if you don't go 11 enough. I like it. I like it. So I, outside of this game, it, it kind of seems like all eyes will be uh, on Utah as well. Yes. We'll all we'll, we'll be Tavian Thomas fans. That's right. Um, it, it, like you said, it, it kind of just does seem like the whole thing will will play itself out and kind of – Kind, yeah, kind of work work through it, but because if if Utah if Oregon beats Utah, they're probably going to play them again, right? In the Pac-12 championship, if they beat them twice and they go twelve and one, they should be in the playoff. Like I don't have any argument with that. Mm-hmm. If Ohio, we'll just use Ohio State. If Ohio State wins out, they should be in the playoff. How could you possibly argue with that? You know, then it comes. Then it just comes down to. You know, if Alabama wins out and plays Georgia tough, do they take the first two-loss team ever whose resume by the week gets worse and worse? But for some reason, <clears throat> the committee really, really loves Alabama. If Oklahoma State wins out, does a yeah. one-loss Big 12 yeah. champ vault all the way from – they'll probably be nine tomorrow night if I had to guess. Um, do they get – into the four spot, um, but Wake Grant, Forest, but no chance. Wake Forest, is, they, <laughs> they CC is like I don't see how a one loss Wake Forest gets in over like a one loss Oklahoma State well, or one loss Oklahoma if they come back and beat like Oklahoma State has also has to beat Oklahoma, which they have they've done twice in fifteen years. 
Oh, yeah. So the other cute name I've been seeing pop back up is of course Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. It might just be because I live in Indiana, but nope. I I tell you it's what, nationally, if, it's out there. If, if Notre Dame hops Cincinnati, I I don't want to think about the things that would go through my mind. It it's uh they set the precedent for it last week. I think Notre Dame is in if UC is thirteen and zero and you'll be at the three seed. Right. Okay. Yes, I can see that. That means that's, Oklahoma, that's Oklahoma like State lost. That's like with Oregon ra- lost. That's with a round robin in the Big Ten, basically. Like everybody has two losses. Right. Because right. if the Big Ten champ has one loss, they're they're in. They're in. And I just don't see. I you know I won't say I don't see. We see stupid stuff all the time, but you know, it's you know, un- unlikely. Unlikely, yeah. Very, very, yeah. I don't know. Thanks, don't- thanks, Dad. <laughs> I have a way he with words. Word. He had that word ready, but no, I- no, you you brought up something earlier, and it it is. I think it's like the bane of all of this to me is that we've developed we as the UC fan base have developed a whatever you want to call it a, a stigma or something of being disrespected by the committee so we're hoping and praying every week that we just beat the crap out of a team so that the committee can't say or someone on twitter can't say or someone on tv can't say that they haven't looked impressive right and then to some that is like that not doing that is now turning into like, well, that they weren't, they didn't play well. Like those are two, like those are two different things to me. Like you can enjoy me personally. I can enjoy the big picture finality of the result of beating South Florida and still be kind of annoyed that like you should have been up 45, 21. Then all of a sudden it was 38, 28. But that doesn't like I didn't go to bed mad that it was 38-28. I went to bed happy that they won again because it's hard to win. Like I feel like it's some for some, it's like impossible to have two different thoughts on that. And I think that the whole style points and impressive showing is is what's making people feel that way because they just want these other people to shut up. And not say anything negative about my team. And, you know, they just, they, it's hard for them to compartmentalize the, the two competing thoughts. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I don't think coaches ever come away pleased with anyone, but you can kind of sense the frustration every time that, that Luke comes to the podium right after these games, because I, I think that's kind of the vibe in the locker room is like, you know, it's kind of rubbing off on the team where, you know, you build these big leagues. And then in the end, it's a little bit closer than it should be. Even like a 17-point win feels a little bit closer than it should be type thing. I, For sure. And I, I think that's the worst the worst part of it all, you know, because, I mean, heck, if if 10-0 with with any type of way to win is is huge. And, like, I, I, I just get sick of – the whole straight the schedule thing and the whole these opponents are weak and these opponents are are stronger. It, it's just it's all well. Th- that's sure. the part I don't understand. Like, and I don't understand how they calculate strength of record. But how do you have the hundredth ranked strength of schedule and a number five strength of record? Right. Exactly. Like I don't I don't understand how that works. How do those two numbers 
compute. Especially because the final three games would be against teams that should help your strength and schedule. You would think. Right. I, and, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I saw something like Notre Dame as like the 15th best strength of schedule, which is just mind-boggling because it's, it's yeah, all just they big names. And, because they played 10-0 and 0 Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> right. But, but it's all big names that are having down years. I, I don't know. The whole thing is just seems like it's all made up numbers and sure there, there are things behind it. I'm not going to go on record saying they're all made up, but man, it just, I don't know. Things just fit fit agendas and man, it just really does feel like agendas are just going against Cincinnati. But that's the thing is like, we've talked about it for so long. I I feel like I feel dumb bringing it up. Like none of it matters unless they're 13 and out. Right. So like literally why are we getting upset about, what anybody says right now or what position the committee puts them in when it literally doesn't matter at all. No, I agree. I agree. Well, Aaron, should we, should we fire some, are there any mailbag questions that day before we, we've, we've held our special guests a little bit longer than anticipated. So there was only one, there was only one in particular that I saw um, after having reviewed it. I thought I saw one, a second one. Um, But the only one I'm seeing is, uh, Asking Dave, uh, how many times did you check the time before hopping on the podcast? <laughs> Chad, you're muted. Chad, you're, you're muted. muted, Chad. No, like during the podcast, how many times has he checked it? Being like, I'm not going two hours. He's asking. Oh, <laughs> oh that makes way this? more sense. For this? Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm sitting right across from my stove so anytime i glance up i happen to see the time but i did not i'm not doing it uh intentionally well time no, was and you're having also, fun he told us before the show like i'm only doing now when chad and i are doing the podcast and it's getting and i can feel that it's it's getting you know close Long. to the two hours i'm looking at it constantly <laughs> I can't yeah. wait until we're doing YouTube. <laughs> Gosh, I, Off, offering to you know not talk about things anymore so that I can I can get off the get off here before two hours. Dave, I'm still waiting for you to pull like a little Irish goodbye, and all of a sudden Chad's like, "Oh, whoa, where where Dave go?" And it's, it's totally, literally like, at, totally sign out. Yeah, literally at like one fifty nine and kind of like what you did at seconds. the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was man, that was insane. And then I was like, I was like, do I just play it off and just let them go for a little bit longer? And I, I, mean, like, I was, nah. I was so looking forward to the, the detailed and long-winded and, and frankly outstanding introductions that every single podcast guest gets. You, you know, that's going to be how he signs you out, right? And I get nothing, like literally <laughs> nothing. I, I had your college statistics pulled up. I had your, you know, <laughs> well, there's. I, there's a lot of them. I was there long. <laughs> I know, right? It's, they they add up after the years add up, but but yeah. no, yeah, that was a uh, that was a a slip of the finger. I'll tell you that much. But um, no, I I I don't want to dwell on it too much because I like having you here because it's it's football talk and it's a informational football talk. But well, here you you guys will laugh at this one. This is how much into football I am right now. Let's hear it. Chad calls me last night. And asks me how much of the Georgia game did you catch? And instantly my mind goes, Well, I mean, I watched all of it. They played Tennessee. 
Right. <laughs> He's like, no, the basketball game. I was like, oh, yeah, that. I was like, uh, I started watching when we were losing 15 to 6. So everyone could pretty much credit me for the Bearcats being 2-0 this year because as soon as I started watching both games, the turnaround they instantly was you. started playing better. They're trying to impress me to get me to, to go to more games, clearly. In the, sec- in the second game, once I sat down, that's when they went on their, like, 20-point run. What were you doing before that? Um, I was just, just standing a up. Late. I was paying $15 for parking. Oh, to get to the game? Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. But, yep. well, well, you should have used some of your Venmo leftover change from earlier hey, listen, in the week. I, I, I'm, I didn't say I didn't pay it. I didn't say I, like, got a ticket and, and you know, parking yeah. or something. What, what, like, is this, what is this nonsense? I've been doing a podcast with Chad for how long? Everybody knows we tailgate. Everybody knows we have an over-under on how many beers I drink. Nobody's right. Venmoing me any money. <laughs> Aaron doesn't have a, th- this is Aaron's only job. He's broke. I don't care. <laughs> I still I'm, want free beers. All right, all right Dave. There, there was a, <laughs> a, a, a two minutes ago. A question came in in the football mailbag. Yes. Uh, BCJ was going to play a game of dodgeball. Team Chad and Dave versus Team Aaron and Brent. Who would be your first pick off the current football roster and any roster dating back to 2009? Chad and Dave get the pick first. We're, the, we're on the same team, Chad oh, and I. We're the, we're the yep. captains. Well, I mean, are we trying to intimidate him? Because, like, when he was on the team and I got used to get to go in the locker room stuff, Bones Barnett was, like, the scariest dude ever. <laughs> so, he would be I, up there. I, I would he take would be Brian up there for Cook me. in that role. But Wait, I, in, in dodgeball? I think Connor no, the scariest dude ever. Connor, Bar- Connor Barwin yeah. would, pro- Connor oh, Bar- would probably be my first pick. In, do- in dodgeball. In dodgeball. Over Derek Wolf? Because Aaron Rodgers has told stories about how Derek Wolf's a crazy person. Yeah, because oh, Derek Wolf's a lunatic. Because Con- mm-hmm. Connor has a little bit of the basketball background. So, you know, most of these guys have never, like, never thrown a ball. Sure. You know, so you got to be able to throw. You got to be able to catch it. He's got the basketball background. He's got the tight end background. So you guys get borrowed. I'd nominate Jason Kelsey for, for consideration as well. Uh, if only because I've watched him throw a helmet halfway up the stands <laughs> at Nippert Stadium from the field. <laughs> what? Where it what was the his. target? And said, uh, "Oh no, it was just someone drift. else's helmet." That he it was someone off. else's helmet. He ripped like this, off their head. And this is before your before your guys' time. Like when Jason was what? Probably like a sophomore. Sophomore, junior, junior. right in there. He yeah. literally got to fight every single day in practice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was watching remember, games then. What, what, which, which game was that? Was it? No, 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 no I mean, practice. Like, in practice. Oh, this every practice. single day. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> remember, they used to have to practice on Nippert Field, right? Every day. So, <laughs> yeah, he took somebody's helmet off in in practice during a, a scuffle, kerfuffle, and did like a like a discus, like spin, and like a ham- launched like a it ha- about hammer throw. Like, yeah, a hammer <laughs> throw. And launched it about halfway up the stands at Nippert Stadium. So he's got a he's got a he's got an arm. But I'll, I'll give you Barwin because I think. Oh no! I don't. I changed my pick, Dave. I think we're gonna have to reconsider. Okay. Zach Caleros. Caleros would be a good one. See now you're now you're thinking. I mean we're we're taking Des. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind there. I don't know, man. Ben Mock and the bionic arm. Might no. be kind of <laughs> <laughs> his arm might fly off with the ball. 
I, that's how's that not scary? Are we are we throwing dodgeballs or wrenches? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe Gunner Keel. Just, just have it just lock. We'll we'll go with we'll go with Barwin number one. I feel like and quarterbacks are just an easy easy cop. Yeah, out, but Calera's yeah. also had the baseball background, played shortstop, yeah. like yeah. Well, he, Andy he Shifty, could, athletic, yeah. yeah. Well, which. At that point, I mean, I would throw even Trey Tucker's name in the ring as far as being completely shifty. He's going to miss. Like, good luck hitting that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know we know he can catch. But we need a rocket arm, though. Yeah. That ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, do, do us four have to play? Yeah. Are, I mean, are we just the coaches? I think it's us four plus the one guy. I think it's us guy. four. No, we plus just look. one guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's just me, Chad, and Connor, and you, you two, and Dez. Yes, that's how uh, I understand it. Okay, yeah, I feel pretty good. I like, I like our I feel odds. Phenomenal. I like our odds. Well, hypotheticals you know, we'll never know. The, the old, the old, right? Ads. Exactly. I don't know. We might be able to set this up. Oh, I'm not. I would never do such. A, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, so we win by forfeit. I, I will accept victory. Yeah. Good luck getting Connor Barwin back on on campus to play dodgeball with the now if it was us. like me and chad and a player versus you two and a player in like a beer drinking contest i'd Ooh. i'd be fine with that and then and we'll I'd take still, we'll take kelsey we'll take kelsey oh no we got first i'd pick. still pick i'd still pick probably barwin although <laughs> you take barwin those two there's some epic stories about those two apparently yeah. apparently barwin has to order two beers because the first one's gone before like they come back with the change there was that video floating around of, of Jason Kelsey in that little charity event oh, before yeah. the season, and he was just slugging them, just winning the stories. Long after the stories of those two drinking are legendary. Right, right. Travis at that golf outing in Tahoe as well. Yeah, yeah. He's not one to be trifled with on the uh, beer front either. <laughs> no. There's been oh, a lot man. of good, a lot of good, a lot of good beer drinkers. I don't know, Tony Pike's from Reading. You got, you got to consider Tony as well. Yeah, we'll throw him in the mix. We'll throw him in the spent, mix. He's spent a lot of times at the uh, fine watering. There's a, there's, a, there's a, for, a for, another former quarterback that I've heard, you know, back in the day might might have been able to put a couple down. Did he have his record broken? I'm not going to speculate on that, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put two and two together there. I think everyone else will too. Did, did you, right. Aaron? Did you get any more? Who would be who in movie in a movie questions? Because I, I mean, uh, that's TV my shows. That's my part. Favorite part of the mailbag is the seventeenth time Chad has said that I don't. I'm not a movie guy, and people still ask that question. Well, they switched there's... to TV shows because I watch TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I heard you. I, you know, we talked about the. The Family yeah. Guy one. When I said that I don't, I've never watched Family Guy. Well, I think Chad and I decided via text this week after I listened to your guys' episode that Ed would be Peter. For sure, Ed would be Peter. For sure. <laughs> and no uh, you had you had Jeff as uh, Lois's dad, I believe, or the or the news Part, reporter. Yeah, I think I think Tom Tucker would be good for Jeff from K Hog News. news. He's yeah, got a, just his voice, man. Velvet. Yeah. Um, assuming Dave wins the Mega Millions and becomes the executive producer for a rebooted Cheers, who from BCJ plays what roles, and why is Brent playing Diane? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
never seen Cheers. That's out. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I think I think Chad's Ted dancing, right? I got it. Yeah, I'm Sam Malone for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That, uh, Dave, does that make you Woody? Uh, you sure, watch I mean, Cheers, right? Oh yeah. I mean, okay. Is, or would you be Norm? See, I thought you were more Norm. Woody Woody worked. He didn't drink. Yeah, that's a good point. Not until so after you would hours. be Norm. Yeah, why, why and I is, don't think why don't is think, Brent, why is Brent Danny DeVito's wife? <laughs> Rhea, no, that's Rhea Perlman. Yeah. Diane is the Diane is the one that uh that Sam dated, the blonde. Oh, oh yeah. And I I think I think Brent is Cliff Clavin. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Is that the mailman? Like, yeah. Yeah. Norm's sidekick. Like that yeah. they always has like a quick with a, a dad joke or like you know you're you are dyed in the wool cliff clavin aaron i guess you would be woody then i don't know you drink a lot too i do it's true i don't know is is anyone lilith no we don't have enough female representation no, i don't I know. there were some good good female characters in that i mean you had shelly long shelly long kirstie alley that's shelly long is diane yeah. Okay. Which one was the one with the curly hair? The dark curly hair. Rhea That's Perlman. Rhea Perlman. Yeah. That's okay. Danny DeVito's she was, wife. She was Carla. Okay. <laughs> um, Frazier was in it too before, yeah. before the show Frazier. I could oh, see wow. Jeff. I could see Jeff as Frazier. I could see Jeff as Frazier. The problem with the problem with, with Norm is I think Dave and Ed are both. Like That's I think fantastic. Ed, Ed would be a good norm too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, also, I think why, that's... why were there why were there beer pours the worst beer pours you've ever seen in your entire life? Oh yeah, the the picture of Norm like just in when you Google Cheers characters <laughs> has like this much beer and like this much foam it's, in, it's, in his because mug. because Ted Danson poured it. It's like three quarters head. I mean, or Woody, and you know, at that point in his career, Woody was stoned out of his gourd every day. I like how you yeah. said at that point in his career, like anything's changed. Well, yeah, his whole <laughs> career, his whole career, all of it. Can you imagine another, True another Detectives how how stoned him and McConaughey were like every day when they filmed I, that show. Imagine how difficult it was to film another great yeah. Cincinnatian. Who? Woody. Woody? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant McConaughey, and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. That would be awesome if he was. Man, no. I'd love my that. my favorite movie character of all time, Wooderson. All right, well, we got like 30, 40 questions in the mailbag tonight, and yeah, so we got to go, and we haven't talked basketball, basketball yet. We won't, we won't force you to talk basketball. Since Dave, 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 what are your thoughts on the Georgia game? Balls hung tough. They went right down the field and scored. First possession. Oh. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was good. Got, got a little squirrely at the end, but I think that's uh, somewhat, you know, to be expected. But uh, I, was in, I was pleased with the, uh, you know, two, two things. The increase in offensive rebounding, 
was nice. Yeah, oh, nice. nice. And the continuation of limited turnovers. Very good. Wow. Speaking like a true. Wow, that's that's analytics coming from the football man. I love See, it. You know, Score Dave strikes I, again. I, I can <laughs> I can I can watch two things at once. I, I, I had it on I had it on the iPad. I can't wait to hear your your Dave Chappelle assessment. <laughs> oh, I'm, we're very very excited to check that out Wednesday night. Yeah. Are you going to like the documentary thing too, or just the just the stand up? It's, it's all the same, the same thing. Right? Oh, oh, is it one right after the other? So it's it's. At, at, I guess what Heritage Bank Arena now is what it's called, the Coliseum. Yeah, U.S. Bank Arena, where they. Where I'm very excited to see if they still serve um, Deja Blue bottled water, RC, RC Cola products, RC Cola, and you know, I'm a huge. <laughs> se- huge Are you kidding up. me? I'm a huge Seven Up fan, but yes, they serve a bottled water that I literally have never seen anywhere else except for in that arena called Deja Blue. RC yes, Cola sir. has the vending contract, the, the beverage contract for that arena. Yes, that's a real thing. Because they're disgustingly cheap. Yeah. Thank um, the Lord for NKU. But yes, it um, the documentary that they filmed at his outdoor con- outdoor you know stand ups, and then supposedly it's with Dave Chappelle and friends. So I don't know if that means other comics, musical acts. Hmm. Um, but to have it in a arena setting, I assume there's going to be a lot more going on than us just watching a movie. I agree. I agree. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time here. And David, enjoy David later. Thank you, boy. Now I, now I can just skip right ahead. You know, I can bl- fly past the first hour of the podcast and get right yeah. into basketball. So it'll only take you like two days. That's right. It only yeah. took me like two days to listen to it. Well, well, real quick, we got to get your over-under and what you're serving at the tailgate. Real quick, and then we'll let you go. Oh, man. I actually don't know what we're serving because I this is... A little early in the week, yeah. We're recording it's Texas. Them. It's got to be chilly, right? We had chilly last week. Oh, you bricked on that one. I think... Did we have chilly last week? Yeah, 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 you did. We were there. Re- chilly and cornbread. I had some cornbread. Pretty tasty. Um, barbecue maybe, yeah maybe some barbecue yeah, i was gonna could, say could be a, we might have i don't know we might have already had it this year but whatever the whatever the over under is i've been i've been like matching football which if any of you people out there into sports wagering you should be playing the overs just bet <laughs> the over on every matching game uh there the over is eight and three so far this year mm-hmm. on the on the midweek mid-american conference games Little little friendly advice, but uh, I'm gonna go over because it's it should be pretty good beer drinking weather for three thirty for November twentieth. I mean, I'm not gonna complain about high of fifty. Mid, I think mid forties, maybe you know, maybe hit fifty. I mean, God, there's been some games where you wouldn't even think about cracking a beer. It's been so cold, but um, oh, Temple game senior day. Ooh. That was the worst. I, the the coldest one I can remember recently was ecu at paul brown okay everything you just said sounds terrible yeah (laughs) andrew dance made a like 50 yard field goal to win the game as i was walking out because i was so frustrated that on like third and whatever we ran an option play with gunner keel and he pitched the ball right to the ecu guy oh gunner (laughs) Uh -uh -uh. 
Well, but still. But, but yeah, we'll take so, the mean, over. If Twelve it's and a half. Be like 50, 45, 50 while you're tailgating. Oh man, not gonna, not gonna complain about that one bit. So no, not oh. at all. Tulsa, Oregon State basketball on the TV right now. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw Illinois was down early. I don't know what the score oh, was. Here's a here's a fun one for you guys. You, you, I'm Brett. Aaron might might remember the name Jariah Horn. Oh yeah, he Tulsa. yeah he hit that he hit that one shot. Yeah, guess you know. So he played at Tulsa, then he transferred to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Guess where he's playing this year? Tulsa. Back to Tulsa. Right. Don't see that too often. No. Well, and then what's his face from Memphis? The uh, Tyler Harris. Some, sometimes guys leave and come back, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, when Frank Haith is your coach, you you leave and you're like, how could I leave that guy? Right. Golly. Well, Dave, I know you got to go watch Tulsa versus Oregon State. I'm definitely not doing that. I will be watching the <laughs> I enjoy that. But, uh, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm sure the BCJ family will be be quite happy to be able to hear your voice in in the uh, upcoming days heading into yes, a big should, big matchup be a, against SMU. Be a, a good uh, a good pod Wednesday night as well. I'm looking forward to to listening to that one myself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dave, yet again, we love you. Thanks for hopping on the BBP. Uh, we'll see you before the SMU game on Saturday. righty. Dave out. That was a that was a quick goodbye. That I was what it. you wanted. You wanted the Irish it. out. We'll see you a little, later. Well, Irish goodbye. Boom. I like it. Bada bing, bada boom. Well, Aaron, first I'm going to ask you this because we're going to go right into into basketball. Got a lot because, to get through. Yeah, right into basketball. How was the atmosphere on Saturday night? Um, Saturday night was certainly better than what Tuesday night, um, and Saturday night was it was a lot of fun. Um, I actually, I know people were asking on Twitter if I was drinking. I actually didn't drink that night. Um, I was driving and my parking garage downtown is no joke. Wasn't trying to hit one of the beamers that parks around me. And there's very, very little wiggle. Room. So um, I just got to take it all in sober as a bird. And uh, it was, it was loud. It was, it was very hot early in the game. Actually, it, it felt like it was 80, 85 degrees up in the, up in the stands. Um, up, up, way, way up where we are. Uh, but it was it was definitely loud and people were getting into it and people were just it doesn't hurt when you have, you know, roughly what what was the actual run? I don't know if it was 20 or um, in the in the first half there against Georgia. 17 nothing was the scoreless run. It ended at 20 to okay. two, basically, I thought. Unbelievable. Um, that whole run, you know, everybody was getting up all the way up in the in the nosebleeds. We were getting up like it wasn't just I know the lower bowl. It tends to be a little slower on getting up to cheer because everybody feels entitled to their seats, you know, mostly because they have, you know, backs and arms and that kind of thing. So everybody up top is real quick to get up because we don't have those things, those luxuries. Uh, But no, it it was loud and it, it, you know, getting back in the arena and getting to see the fellas on the floor and getting to, I think the, the crowd is almost, reciprocating the energy that Wes is putting out as he's coaching, you know, we're not accustomed since Mick's been gone to, to having a coach on the sidelines who's, you know, literally you can see his emotion in all that he does. And so uh, the, the crowd also, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the guys on the court were, were also trying to hype up the crowd. I think 
on more than one occasion, you saw Victor Lockin just kind of throwing his hands up, doing the like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and I think he's making a very strong case with Jeremiah Davenport as to who is the bigger energy guy on this team when he's on the floor. So that's been quite a thing to see. Um, but yeah, it was, it was electric. And I, I mean, having that year off year away from everything and finally being able to be back out there was just taking it all in with it, with a full crowd, with a, with a full fifth third. It was fantastic. I was talking to someone who um, is not a fan of keeping his coat on for long <laughs> last night. And the, the crowd came up and I said, you know, Saturday was good, but that's not, that's not no, it, peak it wasn't, fifth third yeah, arena. It yeah. wasn't blow, blow the top off the arena or anything. But that's was, why I asked the, because the person I was talking to, the, game. the person I was talking to did not believe me. Okay. He was like, that's, that's as, that's as good as it gets. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was talking to somebody else today uh, about this, this topic. Mm-hmm. And I said, for me, the loudest I remember was the Russ Smith buzzer beater game. Yeah. Because remember that one, that one was back and forth. Both teams were top 10. Right. SK versus Russ Smith, two first team All-Americans. It was Louisville. It was Patino. Like yeah. that was as loud as I can recall the place being. And Saturday night was good. It wasn't anywhere close to that. The you student won. section though was was impressive on Saturday night. Yeah, they're, yeah. For they're sure. finally, I feel like I feel like even the the last season that we had prior to COVID, the student section wasn't as into the game as this student section was. I didn't look down and see everybody like on their phones trying to record whatever was going on. Like they wow. were just gen- genuinely into it. You know, Marquette, you know what mine Marquette is? just beat Illinois. Marquette did win. Yeah. At the buzzer. Yuck. I hate that. I hate that. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so my loudest, Chad, and, and tell me if you kind of kind of agree with this one as well, was that was that Xavier game, the uh, Trayvon Blewett scoring 40 and still losing game. That was a loud one. That, with, was, that was very with, loud. When, when Jaron did, did his bulldozer of, yeah. of uh, poor JP. But, yeah, I, and, and even most recently the Houston game was, was really far up there on the, Trey uh, Scott the, on the, the loud meter. No, that was it, that was a Temple game, but but the Houston game when when they made their big run in the second half, when the, yeah. the Bearcats made the big run in the second half, and I mean that place was was rocking loud. Um, so that's why I asked that because I wasn't was, there. But it was West, it was like a warm up game, you know what I mean? Like we're, yeah. we're getting back in the rhythm and everything. So right. I mean, and it wasn't sold out. It wasn't jam packed. It wasn't shoulder to shoulder. Like there was okay. still some room up up top, especially. Um, Oh man, so, he's he's in for something if this team gets on a roll. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that's awesome. That is awesome. But yeah, so so you guys already touched on uh, Victor Locke, and I want to I want to bring him back up a little, a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. I mean, I was just bringing him up as in the conversation as high energy guy because, and yeah. I bring that up because Jeremiah Davenport, as we all know, he is a high energy guy. But I feel yeah. like at times the energy takes over to where he almost loses control of that energy. But I feel like Lockin is just kind of just channeling that energy which is I, a little bit different i've i've seen some crazy comparisons tossed around on the bcj boards and i tell you what if he is like anywhere near these these uh 
comparisons that that are being tossed out for him, that would be a monstrous thing for the Bearcats. But man, he really does seem to fit the mold of of a player that is pretty doggone good, and one that uh, can probably only get better from here. You got to find a way to get him. I think you got to find a way to get him the ball in the post more. That's like his touch around the rim is soft. Like like that one of the first half, he kind of lost it a little bit, got it back, backed his man down, just turned over, and it was just easy. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I think we were all. Yeah, I think we were all believing, but maybe a little skeptical in the reports that we were getting from the preseason that like he might be the most talented player on the team not the best player yet but like the most physically talented gifted player on the team and then the game started and it was like oh yeah he might be that might that might be accurate he's pretty freaking talented is it conditioning right now do you think that it's just more rotations or you know kind of is he still getting his legs back underneath him? From I think being so. Yeah. So long? I think I think that's part of it. I mean, I think if you if you really watch when he gets a good three four minute stretch in, he's pretty gassed. Right. Right. So uh, you got to be careful as you're bringing him bringing him back up to speed. Um, as we found out after the game, he he turned his ankle in warmups. Uh, not the funniest thing that happened in warmups. Can we spill the beans on what was? He had his shorts on backwards and didn't know it. <laughs> how, how long did it take him to realize? So we, <laughs> I, I told somebody, and then we told them not to tell him that somebody might be, you know, up, up in age a little bit and uh, very short, uh, white hair. And then that certain someone went over and uh, tried to explain to Vic that his shorts were on backwards. And then the best part was Vic, like, checked the drawstring. Like, no, no, they're right. They're right. And he checked the drawstring, and there was no ties <laughs> because it was the back of his shorts. And then he vanished for, like, 30 seconds and came back out with the shorts on right. If nobody would have told him, Bob Mangine, right. uh, he would have he come out and, and tried to play the game with his shorts on backwards, which I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked how they looked better backwards backwards than than how they look frontwards so yeah. oh. i mean I, I think that might be a thing everybody I mean, everybody rocked the shorts backwards one game you know some people i do <laughs> you have to look into that the design change <laughs> design change for the middle of the season yeah crisscross day <laughs> and there's no day. chance brent knows what crisscross is crisscross applesauce yeah no, not crisscross applesauce. You know, you people making want to jump, jump that song. Okay, yeah, that that's crisscross. Okay. okay, all right, I like it, but not I, to be confused with another band creation. Okay, I won't confuse them. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one thing that I loved here in West Say as well in the presser was the fact that you know, yeah, sure, there there are things that still need to be worked out. Still, still some you know some stuff that they're have to go back to the drawing board on and, and things of that sort. But the fact that he has options, so many options that can really impact the game at different times and in, in different ways is something that I, I don't think a lot of teams really have the, you know, the, the luxury of having. I, I mean, 
that that's what comes with experience. That's what comes with a lot of mileage and a lot of these players. And you saw Hayden Cobal have have some big time plays down the stretch in that game. I I mean, was that kind of an unexpected thing that you guys saw throughout the game? And then all of a sudden he splashes a three, gets a big rebound, has another block, or or is it something that you just were like, okay, I, who who's going to be the one to step up in this game? I wasn't surprised at all that he was was not afraid to shoot from the top of the key there in that three-point position. Like, I mean, they we knew he could shoot the three coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, having a big block on the other side of the court, we knew he that was who he was coming from UNCG. So none of those things caught me off guard or surprised me. Um, it was just a thing of beauty to see. And, you know, we saw Georgia not have the rotation um, – depth that Cincinnati has and I think that finally caught up to him towards the end of the game whereas right. Cincinnati had fresh guys that, I mean at one point before the uh, Odia Guama foul I think in the first half they had five guys that were getting ready to sub in before that foul and they still made the fifth substitution after the the free throws but I mean they're just constantly rotating guys in and out and they still can't find a place to really get McGinnis onto the floor and you know even in his presser uh, Wes talked about you know we want to get we want to get him out there to see what he can do, but they're struggling to find minutes for him because they're already 10 deep, which is absolutely wild when you think of 11. How, I'm sorry, 11 deep, uh, but still wild when you consider how quickly this roster was put together. I think the biggest thing about this team right now is there's not a lot of separation between guys, right? Right. Like you got a lot of guys that are right about even in terms of talent level which allows you to do some different things because you don't, you're not forced to play a guy 35 minutes. And if you're having an off night, then yeah. Right. If you've got a Sean Kilpatrick, you're you're playing him 35 minutes. Jaron Cumberland, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. But I think that is a luxury for the way this particular team is constructed that they've got some flexibility to, if, if this isn't working, we can try that. If that isn't working, we can try the next thing, you know, and um, I, I like kind of how this roster complements each other so far. Now, there's going to be bumps in the road. They're not going to continue turning it over seven times a game, eight times a game. Yeah. Like, there's going to be some times where they're searching for themselves and continuing to develop and build an identity, but through the first two games, I don't know how you couldn't be any more excited than what, you know, we have seen as we watch how hard the team plays. We watch how together the team plays. We watch how they've got a lot of fight to them. Um, They don't seem to, at this point, hang their heads now you know, a couple losses stack up and adversity sets in. We'll see, you know, down the road, how they handle that. But ultimately, like, you got a lot of guys pulling in the same direction. It feels like you get a lot of guys pulling for each other and nobody that's kind of on an island that's trying to do their own thing. And you've got a head coach that I think this fan base really wants to believe in really wants to believe in him. Well, and Tyler and that's the thing. showed up. Right. Marcus Ginyard showed up. And, and like that's there was the thing. apparently there was apparently an entire jet 
full of folks that showed up from Chapel Hill, Ginyard and Hansborough being two of them, the others being donors and right. uh, people that, that Wes has known, you know, from his time at North Carolina. That's incredible. Like, yeah. Like they, they hopped on a private jet, flew to Cincinnati. I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of some of the UC boosters that have been around a long time doing stuff like that with Huggins. And Wes didn't coach at North Carolina. He played there for three years, you know, and, and those people think that much of him that they're hopping on a plane to fly and watch him play Georgia uh, in the second game of his, his UC career. Like that's, that's a big deal, man. And, and I think it just shows like it, it, it allows people to believe in it and, and what he's building. Yeah. So go ahead. Aaron. I was just going to say, uh, I mean, do you, we were kind of talking about the rotations and how deep they've been going. Do you get the same sense that I do that they're allowed to be a little more aggressive? They're allowing themselves to be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive end um, and even driving to the hoop uh, than they would be if they didn't have the rotation and, and depth that they have going as far as everyone getting as many minutes as they are. Yeah. I do think like it goes back to that. Like if you know, you have to play 35 minutes, you have to manage some things, right? Like you have to, you have to allow yourself to get to the finish line. If you know you're playing four minutes, 18, 18. well, if you're playing four minute segments or three minutes, and then you're going to get to come out, like you can play your ass off. Right. And then, you know, you're going to get to go sit down. If you're, if you're resting for like half of a media timeout every half, and that's all you're resting and you only get, five fouls and you know all the other things that go with it like you have to be a little bit more self-conscious of how much energy you're expending how much you're able to push and uh yeah i do think it's it's beneficial to know like all right right now they need me for four minutes five minutes go out play my ass off get my five minutes in get back over to the bench get a rest the next guy gets his five minutes in and we're good to go. Um, and, and I know everybody's obsessed with talking about Vic for good reason. I'm talking about Micah a little bit, man. Like, Wes very much seems to have a lot of faith in Micah. Playing him at the one, playing him at the two, using him in a couple of different ways, using him defensively. I thought he was really good against Cook. Um, and that's, you know, that's Georgia's the offense. Right. I thought he did a really good job. So did Mike Saunders when Mike was on it. But I think you're starting to see Wes develop a lot of belief in Micah because he's so steady. You know, there's not a lot of flash to him, but if you need to get stuff done, Micah's a guy that'll go in there and get stuff done for you. And, and I think we're seeing that develop. I've been really impressed with him from through two games. Yeah, he's, got, he's, he's got that length. Yeah, he definitely is the best, yeah. I'd say, uh, well, yeah, his length, his, we, he was the primary on ball defender. He, he started taking over that role as, as a freshman. So yeah, yeah. I mean, when, when you have that in your back pocket and then you're steady, I don't think many first year head coaches would, would go any other way than, than making sure that you have, have you out there in, in certain times. Um, two, two part thing. I, it, well, I think another name would be Odio Guama who just comes in and just gives max effort. And then yeah, comes, that's what, comes he's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. And then John Newman, yeah, John Newman, yeah. So I, you know, one thing is the buy-in is there because Aaron and, and Dave even mentioned it too. Was 
you know, after the first game, Wes said there wasn't much he wanted to nitpick about, but he was not happy about rebounding, especially offensive rebounding. And then they go out and get 17 offensive rebounds and and, and win the rebounding battle. It, you know, I, I, I can't wait to hear what is the next thing that he says they need to improve. But my the question to you guys is, are you okay with the with the spread out scoring, or do you think at some point it's gonna, you know, David DeJulius's shots are gonna start falling and he'll take on a little bit larger of a role, or do you think it's gonna kind of just be the steady the rest of the way? I don't know. I think at some point somebody's gonna emerge, but I think it's all gonna happen pretty naturally. Like I don't think anybody's out there like a Jaron saying, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. I got this. I'm putting the team on my back. And I, I think there's a lot of like selflessness on this team. Um, I mean, I, it reminds me of the Larry Davis year where nobody scored in double figures. And every night it was, you know, one night for odds shot was falling. Right. And he was really good. One night it was Octavius. One night it was Troy. One night it was Gary. Yep. Like th- there was a lot of balance. And I, I think this team follows that pattern. Um, but, you know, with David, if you could tell me that you were confident David could shoot 45% from the field and 35% from three then I would say like he'll develop into that 14, 15 point a game guy. Right. But in his time in Cincinnati, we haven't seen that. Right. So I don't want to pin that on him. Right. That those are his expectations when, you know, he hasn't yet delivered at that specific level. Um, I think he's capable of it, but we just haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't seen it yet. Right. So I, I think it's more of, find the guy that's playing well that night or in that stretch, maybe not even for a full night. Maybe it's okay. This is, this is the guy we're getting the ball to right now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I see it. Like I, I don't see anybody really jumping up and establishing themselves as, you know, give me the ball. Now the hard part is there are going to be some games where you need a guy where the situation yeah. throw the ball to and say, we need you to go bucket for bucket with their guy. Cause their guy is, is putting it on us. And this isn't talked about much about the Georgia game. Georgia shot 48% from the floor and 50% from the field. As much as we like a lot of the things that we're seeing defensively, Georgia was above 70% from the field for most of the first half. Like there are still a lot of things to fix when you step up in weight class. And I hate to say it, Georgia's not very good. Um, They're not. They're okay. Yeah. I, I mean, they just, they're, they have more new faces than Cincinnati does. It's just, right. You know, well, cause Crean had a mass exodus. Everybody right. tailed out of town. Exactly. So, Including Chad Dollar and Jake Thielen. <laughs> right. Welcome, welcome to Cincinnati. So, no, I, I think the, the good thing green. is, I think the good thing is now you've got Alabama A and M and Presbyterian. Now, don't take Presbyterian lightly. We've seen what happens in the past with that, but you know, it, it seems like two games like that is losing kind of to perfect. a religion is better than losing to a toothpaste. Man, the Cumber Blunder <laughs> that will forever be. Ooh. 
that was that was a sad ride home for me. But anyway, I I think this is the perfect time with with two straight games that on paper you you should be able to easily control. And I don't know. I think it's a good time. Then now you saw Illinois lost tonight. They aren't you know some impenetrable force. Yes, they do get back a national player of the year right on our game, but still, it, it, it seems like this is a good time now to kind of solidify what you, what Wes and the staff think will, will be that lineup when you need that lineup big time at the end of a game or, or when you're facing a, a big, big run by the other team. So a perfect time right now to face two quote unquote cupcakes, if you will, especially with, uh, with what's looming next Monday. Well, you talk about sure. wanting a guy to emerge. And I think that here's a perfect opportunity to see what you have and kind of let people get a little more free with the ball and free with some right. of their shots um, to your point. So, yeah, no, I agree. Well, Alabama A&M, they, uh, man, they be, stink. be careful. They are, uh, they're not going to sneak up and beat you, but they might sneak up and uh, frustrate you, I guess. We'll just say that, but they, they won't, they won't. But uh, the interesting thing is this is game three of the West Miller tenure. Game three of the previous coaches tenure was also against Alabama A&M. Um, I don't think that Cincinnati's best player will be sitting out of that game or be held out of that game, but uh, who knows? We'll see. Um, either way, well played, man. Either way, uh, I think I think we got to touch on recruiting and then hop in this mailbag. Uh, football's been on an absolute roll. How about yep. that, Aaron? Um, you know, obviously, we saw what last week brought us in the uh, under under the the Christmas tree. If you already had that set up in your living rooms, but, um, you know, here we are tonight with Jojo Bermudez committing to Cincinnati, uh, three star out of New Jersey, who's been on an absolute tear with, you know, 1400 all purpose yards. He's got 14 touchdowns. He's got, including a, a pick six and two punt return, uh, touchdowns. The kid's fast. He's only five, nine and a half. And the staff is telling him that, you know, he's going to come in and kind of be in a lot Trey, of Trey Tucker, Trey Tucker yep. type role. And you guys know me. I have not been quiet on my <laughs> love of Trey Tucker. Watch, so, watch Jojo's highlight tape. It is like, you know, back in the day, uh, Tavon Austin type high school highlight and Steve Slayton type high school highlight. So field. I don't think. I don't think he's as I don't think he's as fast straight line as Trey and and not by much just that we're we're splitting hairs here. I don't think he's as straight line fast as Trey, but I think he's a a touch more shifty than Trey. Like Trey is pretty much like looking to get north and south and and burn past you. And that's not to say Trey's not shifty because he is, but he's not like you don't see Trey dancing on people. Right, you no. see JoJo dancing on people, like his short area quickness and his ability to go from zero to top speed on his tape is filthy. So they look for those type of guys. He was committed to Rutgers. Uh, I know Georgia sniffed around a lot on him. Never went, but but definitely had a lot of interest. Um. He's also smart as shit. I mean, Princeton and Yale were sniffing around yeah. on him. Like, yeah, they both made offers. I mean, that's that's nothing to to you know just poo poo on, right? 
I think he's going to be a fun one. I think he's going to be a fun one. Luther Especially, Richardson has himself yeah. a weapon down the line, huh? Here, Luther. Here, here you go. We're, we got we got one for you. Along with Aaron's favorite, Marcus Peterson and Quincy Burroughs. <laughs> I, I like this receiver class, man. I mean, you pretty much have set yourself up to where you have your one, two, and three now. And that's yeah, you've got an X, O, I, and a Z, basically. Not a bad thing. And you've got a little bit of a of a uh, mystery at the tight end position as well, which I, I'm kind of but still Danny, intrigued. Danny Lewis is not Danny a mystery. Lewis. Yes, he is. There, there's not no. much tape out there. To, to just, your phone, he is. Right. He is a mystery to my phone. There is that. He is, oh. He is, an elusive, he is an elusive white whale. Every now and then, I'll um, be like, I'll, I'll ask him. I'm like, hey, how'd you do this weekend? He's like, oh, I had two touchdowns. I'm like, cool. What was the rest of your stat line? No response. <laughs> well, no, I – his his highlights that I've seen are great, but there's just not a lot out there. Like, you know, I'm sure oh. I'm sure the staff can get it and stuff the like staff, that, but yeah, I'm not. I'm the hot. I haven't seen much, but what I have seen, I've been impressed with. So that'll be that'll be exciting, and that's a question later on in the mailbag. But um, good to see all three basketball recruit commits. They uh, they have signed. They are in the fold. Daniel Skillings didn't really give anyone a scare. It was just just a wait, wait a little bit. <laughs> it was it wasn't a wait a little bit. It, like, no, I know, I know, but you know what I mean. It's just, but I'm going to explain to people. I'm going to explain to people let's hear as it. best I can. There's a lot of stuff, like a lot of boxes that have to be checked through compliance on, like even the LOI itself. Like <clears throat> there's a lot of hoops that that you have to jump through to make everything actually certified and official and that's all it was and it just took a little longer with him than it took with the other guys uh but there was never anything to worry about and if i like here's what drives me nuts if i'm telling people there's not anything to worry about and they're still worrying putting i'm putting my reputation on the line saying that but chad relax Chad, but his, Chad, Chad, it hasn't come in yet. We're, we're checking the facts every 30 seconds. Where is this at? But I do like how he signs his name, though. D skills. D skills. Yeah, D skills. D skills. I'm, I'm, nice. I'm all in on that. All in on that. No, well, it's an exciting class. I, I It is. The, what this team lacks right now is. Outside of Jeremiah Davenport, that like six 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 seven scoring pop mm-hmm. at the guard and forward positions, and they got that with with Skillings and Reed, and I think clearly the situation at center, the situation with the bigs in general, looks totally different now than it did. A oh, week it ago. looks it looks amazing, <laughs> right? Like everybody was concerned, like you know. The Koval future after, yeah. Ad, Ado, Adu, 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 Adu. Those guys leaving. I do like those guys leaving. There was a lot of concern, and and I I don't think people are wrong for that. Um, but now, like Odie looks more than serviceable, and Vic looks like a potential future, like. Corner piece, cornerstone looks, piece of the program. He looks locked in. I hate locked in. I so dumb. And he's a freshman. 
It's oh, so I man. hate easy and locked in is so easy. Like I think I block in. I like block in. Victor I saw that. Block in. I'm I'll, I'm here for all of it. <laughs> give me all the give me all the puns. I what did he care. say when when they asked him what his his nickname was on that little player introduction? I think he just said Victor. Yeah, Victor. <laughs> Victor. Victor. My um, name is Victor. All of a sudden, you know, Sage Tolentino will be able to come in here and and develop and not be rushed into being like we need something play, that he's not right? yeah, from day right. one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, all of a sudden you feel pretty good and Josh Reed can play the four and you've got Jeremiah for another year that can play the four. Well, and <laughs> Hensley is, can is play nice, three in the four. Is Nicier Brooks available next year too? I mean, he's, he's still he's, running around out here. So maybe he, he started comes. college. He started college when like, Rashad Bishop was on the team. Troy Copain. Did you? Yeah. Hey, hey, did you see the uh, Jalen Coleman lands stats? Yeah. He's the the guard for Kansas. He was older than nine New York Knicks players, and yeah, signed his letter of intent to Illinois seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I remember scouting Jalen Coleman lands like he was an the Indiana kid. boy, baby. Yep. Yep. And they transferred, did that whole thing. But anyway, um, yeah. Anything more on recruiting, guys? Uh, or shall we do this mailbag real fast? There's Mario Eugenio. Coming to town. Yeah. Coming to town this weekend. So we'll see if he's up next. Uh, we should have a, a list here by midweek as well from yeah. what I understand. So Awesome. Awesome. Let's do it. Uh-oh. Let's hop in. All right. Bear in mind, we have, not even kidding you, almost 40 questions here. So the, the thank you for through. Thank you for all of the uh, responses in the mailbag. But if we're short, we apologize. It's just the way it's going to be. If outside private instruction is used for any player like a kicking or quarterback coach, can the school fund this or does the athlete have to? Also, can this occur during the season after practice, after practice slash off days, or does any private instruction have to occur in the off season? No idea. I I can't imagine where you'd fit it in, to be honest. Generally, it happens in the off season. Um, I would guess if it's like stuff that's I, like, I know, like, um, when basketball has sent players to like the Steph Curry camp, like I would, I would guess there's some kind of NCAA sanctioning where you have to get sanctioned. And if you're sanctioned then the school can cover it, um, it's probably a two way thing I, too. Yeah. You know, like- I, that's, that's something that's beyond the depth of my knowledge. I know a lot of things. That's, imagine, that that question's not one of them. I'd imagine there's a lot of loopholes now with NIL stuff too, well, to where you can kind of get yeah. an NIL sponsorship to go to some of these things. And they mask it as them being volunteers as well. Yeah, because they'll have like a, a high school thing and they'll yeah. have the kids come and like and the work. Manning. Yeah, the Manning thing. Yeah. Des was technically a volunteer at the yeah. camp. So technically. All right. Thoughts on if Cook is out, do you feel comfortable with single slash threats or do you think they could, and I think you meant Dingle, um, or do you think they could slot Bumpus slash another corner back there? If anybody slotted back, it would probably be Taj Ward just because he's he's gone back and forth quite a bit. And the staff has a lot of trust in him as like a super sub. Um, I wouldn't imagine, like, it just a guy like Bumpus, like he hasn't taken any snaps at right. safety all year. It would be really hard this far into the season against a team 
that likes that to throw passes the ball around. Yeah. as much as SMU does. I, I, I don't see it. I know people have asked about uh, pace. I, I don't see that. Um, I think you'll either see Bumpus or, or not Bumpus. I think you'll either see Dangle or threats, uh, threats, or I think you'll see Taj Ward potentially pop back there if uh, if Cook is a no go. There's some optimism, but I think it's going to be one of those that like going to take all week to figure out exactly where that shoulder's at. This is not one that we'll have any idea of tomorrow. Uh, it, it's it's it'll go all the way to Saturday. Dude. Unfortunately, he's been dinged up all season too, but that's just the mm-hmm. way he plays, man. He goes all out every play. When did Shepard transition to cornerback? Almost as soon as he got here, he was not a safety. Yeah, I know. I know. He, yeah, he might have spent like one year there. I don't know if it was. I don't even think it was the year. I think it was like half a year, and then that, that stuff is really hard because. <laughs> Once the season starts, it's kind of just the scout team guys go to scout team jerseys Mm -hmm. and those change to reflect the number that the opposing team will see every week. Right. So we have, unless they take their helmet off, we have almost no clue like who is who on the scout team when we're at practice unless you can like get a look at their face like just standing out there on the field it's almost impossible to to know who's on the scout like who is who on the scout team right uh in terms of like this guy's performing well or this guy's changed positions or uh you you don't generally pick that up Mm -hmm. until we get to spring football and the scout team is dead and they have all their regular numbers back on all right um what what does team stand for on the back of coach fix sweater together everyone achieves more answered on the board so thank you for that if our invitation to the cfp gets lost in the mail again who would you like to see us play in the fiesta bowl give give me a big 10 team uh, well, you won't, it probably won't be a Big Ten team because you're going right. to get a Big Ten team. It'll be like Oklahoma and, State or Oklahoma. I think it's, it's, you're going to get a Big 12 preview. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to get Oklahoma. Yeah, me too. Because, look, out. yeah, like, dad, daddy's leaving and stepdad well, is coming to town. And they're and beatable. They're well, so beatable. beatable. Let's be honest, too. Like, Lincoln Riley's not going to be a guy that you can accuse of not being out there to play a game. Right, but Aaron, up, they, Aaron, they ran up the score. The Baylor ran up the score against on, Oklahoma. Man. I mean, that yeah, whole ending that's was what the Big Twelve rules call for. That, that whole you don't like what's insane. If you don't like that, change the stupid ass rules. Point <laughs> differential means Baylor's got to try to get any points that they can get. I just thought it was funny. Like, with, yeah, it's funny. All but like, the people chirping. Change the yeah. rules, right? With with twelve teams, you'd imagine they go to having two separate divisions, right? I would, I would think down the line, yeah. But we'll see. All right. When comparing the BCJ staffers to the football coaching staff, who is most like who? I don't think we need to go the full staff, but if we're talking the three of us, who who would Chad? You you probably have the most intimate knowledge of everyone on staff with the coaching staff. I'd, prob- so I'd t- probably be Mace. 
dry okay. sense of humor, kind of a smart ass. But but he's quiet Mace's on the outside. Smarter. You're you're loud on the yeah, outside. Yeah, I'm loud on the outside. Uh I don't know. Hmm. Brent, who would you be? Man, I, I can I, see Brent as like a, a Perry Eliano. I'd say Dembrock. always upbeat. You think Dembrock? I don't think Brent drinks enough bourbon to be Dembrock. Picture Brent in 30 years and tell me yeah. you don't see Dembrock. Okay, maybe. I know Dembrock but, likes the occasion. We've talked bourbon before, good bourbon. So I know he enjoys that. Brent's more of a wine guy. Wine. I'll enjoy a nice bourbon if I'm with somebody, but yeah. Wine. I'm super curious who, who I would be. <laughs> mm. Or even if we include Dave, if that's an easier one. I don't know. I don't think we have a lot of good comparisons on the coaching staff. I don't think there's a lot of, like doing this is a lot different personality than being a football coach. Sure. So I, I don't would know like to think like I think I'm close to Aaron. To the, uh, the Aaron Himmler, the the trainer. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. We'll we'll take it. Ted, I'm I just surprised who... you didn't say that. Well, I gotta be Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there are, like, Luke's a ball buster. I'm a ball buster. There are some similarities. Right. But he's a lot more organized than me, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing for Dave, then, on that? Um, you see, Dave is more at Denbrock than, than Brent. Okay. But then what Aaron, you got, you got a little Mike Trestle to you. Little, you know the the cut. I haven't interacted with him enough to to be able to say that I have. He doesn't. That's the difference. He doesn't say anything of like substance. So that could be similar. <laughs> huh. All right. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron kidding, I disagree. Aaron, Aaron, I Aaron think gets that in his feelings are. when I make jokes. Aaron, Aaron gets in his feelings. You're definitely Aaron, I, you, you. You actually like you could be, you could you could. I this is the the one I'm most certain of. Hitchler, because Hitchler like quietly, like kind of knows everybody, like more than anybody when scouts come to town because Hitchler has spent some time in the NFL. Yeah. Like he knows a lot of the scouts. Like you knew Ed and Jeff, like you have like a this secret, like behind the scenes, you kind of have worked your way through, like you knew Lenny and you, you, you know, you got Steve Logan and brought in guests, like you brought in Taylor, like you kind of quietly behind the scenes, like have a lot of connections or you're able to make a lot of connections that remind me of Hitchler. That's the only okay. one I'm sure of is you and right. Colin Hitchler. That's way better than I offer nothing of substance. <laughs> I had a good one on deck. I just had to give you shit before I got to the good one. I think I probably would be a lot like Perry Eliana. I don't know if he's as uh, sarcastic as me. 
I'm just disappointed. But that, outgoing, that we... talkative. I'll I'm take dis- a mix of Luke and uh, Gina. No, you're not. No. I'm just disappointed we don't have a, a, a Brady Collins on staff. Brent would probably be more like Brady Collins than anybody. Oh, I just yeah. Don't pump and, it up. And that, and that I think, like, Brent always seems like he's had, like, four Red Bulls. And, you Only know. Only one tonight. Only one. The beginning of this podcast, he was all over the place, and I had no idea where to well, go. Because I literally he just finished. Well, let's talk football. All literally right, just finished an Alabama A&M basketball preview. I would love to see you sit down and do that. That is that right there had me just like, whoa, what, what is this? What is funny. this? All right, moving on. Which freshman are you most excited about on offense and defense next year? I think we would all agree at this point, Luther Richardson would be the most that we're excited to see in spring ball. Uh, if he's he's not going to be here. incoming freshman, uh, yeah, I would assume so. he might not be here for spring ball. We've 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 been touching on the incoming freshman a lot. Let's let's do this as the f- current freshman on the team. Okay, then I think for, for I like me, that idea, Chad. I like that idea. Boy, uh, oof. the hard part to that question is there's going to be a lot of those guys that are going to like they're going to have to play be thrust into the spotlight, right? Like they might. Not have to play, but yeah, get, but get they're going to be competing right. for a spot. I'm, I'm um, surprised you didn't have your boy right off the cuff, Corleone. No, Will Pauling. I, <laughs> I think actually, like, it's still going to be pretty tough for Will Pauling. He's going to get an increased role, but Tucker's Tucker, there. Yeah. I think if there's a, a wide receiver, it might be Drew Donnelly. I, I mean, Drew Donnelly is, is certainly one that could see the field in that Alec Pierce spot if he can come on. I mean, we saw Donnelly at the end of camp really start to yeah. come on. He tore yep. up that, that uh, scrimmage, the final scrimmage. The last, so, like, last week, really. Shaman mm-hmm. Mateer, depending on what happens with Lenny and, and Josh. Right. Um. I don't think you'll, I mean, the line's back, so I don't think you'll see any freshmen on the line. Right. Defensively. Dante Corleone. Corleone, for sure. And one of the safeties, threats, uh, Isaiah Cox. Cox, yeah. Or Morion Smith. Like, one of those three is going to be on the field a lot. All the running backs will pretty much be back. Maybe Miles gets a little, little bump up. Possibly, but he's still, Ryan Montgomery's still going to be here. What if what if Rob Jackson takes still, a big leap? Yeah, it's possible. That D line that, that D line needs a lot of a lot of help after this. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. The D line's going to be interesting. Yes, that, there's a lot of guys. Like that's the thing I, I was on with Chick Ludwig, the Chickster tonight, uh, right before we did this podcast. That's why I was a little late getting into the room, and. Uh, that's the one thing I talked like we've we've all talked about that like that's what separates this Cincinnati team from the the group of five teams we've seen right the group mm-hmm. of five teams we've seen until now were all a culmination of like they had twenty two you know they had starters on both sides of the ball returning but there wasn't much behind them and it like they were they were at the end of their run 
right? Like they made right. their run, they were at the end of their run, and they were about to drop off drastically afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of depth. That freshman class, like this spring, there's going to be a lot of attention on that freshman class that's going to be redshirt freshman because really the only one that's played, that's what also makes it hard. Threats is really the only one besides the rake. Threats is really the only one that's that's gotten on the field. It, it could be, you know, EJ Montgomery or uh, uh, EJ Jr., like there's there's a bunch of guys that that are possible, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Linebacker is going to be another one. There's going to be a chance, you know, with Beavers and DeBlanco gone. But if it'll that'll come down probably. Does Wilson Huber take an extra year? I think that's probably possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, linebacker, there's going to be some openings too. Camp is going to be fascinating. Last year, camp was. Camp was good, but was camp trying. was almost from us. It was all from our perspective. It was almost boring. Yep. Because you, we knew you knew yeah. everything that like once the decisions were made on who was coming back, it was like, <coughs> oh shit, we're running it like legit running it back. Yep. I agree. All right. Uh, what's going on with Jordan Jones? Just has it, I, it, are you taking Alec Pierce off the field? Or Tyler Scott? No, Jordan uh, Jones plays behind Pierce at the at the like he's the the boundary wide receiver behind Alan Pierce. I, I think the injury sorry. thing also was something for him that kind of well. And the other thing was, I think Jaden Thompson, Jordan got hurt. Jaden Thompson showed not only can I play the field wide receiver, but I can also right. be Alex backup at at the boundary. Right. And that's gotten that's gotten Jaden Thompson some more snaps. All right. If you could take one player from each team in the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s of the Bearcats and put them on the 21 team, who would those three players be? Oh. Who's the best kicker? <laughs> Probably Ruffin, right? Yeah. I would think they haven't needed a kicker much though. I mean, no, it's you're getting into where the games are going to matter more. So kicking is going to matter more. I get that. Uh, I don't disagree with that. A luxury to have, you know what I mean? I mean, who who are you going to take off the field to somebody else in? You know what I mean? Like James Hudson. (laughs) Yeah. Are you going to go all offensive line? (laughs) <laughs> give me a give me a big time like look Kelsey saw, Jason Kelsey at, well are you like Renfro I'm okay with like would I want Kelsey at center over Renfro well yeah. you're putting him over to guard he gets I mean he's had some injury issues this year so if you're talking about having him on the team and having Renfro be his backup as opposed to the other way you know what I mean like, or you play Kelsey played guard here for two years like yeah you, you can Kelsey at guard, Renfro at center, and then if Renfro gets hurt, Kelsey is the one playing center instead of Vinny. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey, Hudson, Lincolnbach. I need any some. of any of the tackles. And now that Brian Cook's starting to get a little little injured, and hope and hopefully he's good Haruki to go. Haruki Nakamura. Me, give me, yeah, give me a backup safety, <laughs> please. 
But yeah, I don't know. It, it's tough because Haruki, there's Haruki was a dog, man. Oh yeah, he Haruki was. was a dog. He was. He would. He would do the. He would how just oh, some of this were just. I mean, he played five years in the NFL as special teams ace. Yep. Like I, he was outstanding. There's not many holes on on the team that you want to just. Yeah, I mean, I, it, well, and this this isn't taking a shot at Javon Hicks because Javon Hicks has, has played really well. Mm-hmm. If you had Haruki, you'd have Haruki and Brian Cook as your starting safeties, and that would be. Sheesh. Or or you just fucking put Derek Forrest on this team. Right, you bring Forrest back, yeah. That would be another one right up there with the rookie that would that would solve some of the issues right now at safety. Right. Uh, but I the answer has to be offensive line, preferably. And and Tunstall has done well. Okay. Right. Uh, Quinn has done well, but they're not at this point NFL tackles. Right. What about Antoine Peak on the other side of Majek as opposed to Malik Van? Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> similar, I guess that would be similar yes, to like bring him in. That would be similar to what we're talking about with with Hicks, right? Like, sure. You'd still you'd be replacing a very solid guy with an all time great, or um, even a Trent Cole. Yeah, sure. That would probably make life a little bit easier for my shit. Well, I mean, Brooks has had a great year, but are are you taking Brooks or are you taking Derek Wolf? That's another thing that you could bring up. Sure. Right. All right. Spend enough time on that. Um, Why does our defense look like Kerry Combs is calling plays all of a sudden? Didn't seem to have this problem the first six games. (sighs) Against South Florida, it was because they were up 31 to seven. Like, you don't stay in that downhill attacking posture with a 24-point lead. Now, right. one could very much argue, did that cost them a 24-point lead down to a 10-point lead? I'm not going to say you're wrong, but that's just how games are called. That's how a defensive coordinator works. Uh, well, and they and, and brought up on the, on the telecast that Luke doesn't like to run scores up on people and even apologized this year for running the score up on uh uh was it it wasn't forehead state no uh murray state murray state murray state thank you um but they said he apologized to the head coach of murray state for running the score up on him and i didn't know that i don't don't know that that was publicized anywhere we're Um, not in the big 12 yet aaron not yet i'm just I'm, I'm just telling you what the telecast says. I know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just... it's, it's hard to keep your foot on the gas when you're up 31-7 without trying to humiliate your opponent because if that's not what Luke's about, then that's I think. But here, But here is where the fan base is, has been caught up, and I, I don't think they're wrong. I don't know that these guys, this particular group of guys, knows how to play with their foot off the gas. You know what I mean? Like, that's not who this defense is. That's they're built on speed. They're built on aggression. Like it is very hard for this group to dial it down a notch. So I think like that becomes the challenge for Mike Tressel is 
how do you how do you call a game? How do you manage a game with a group that you you don't you know you know, but you don't know? Like Mike Mark, Mike Marcus Freeman knew them. Mike Mark Mike Mark Mike Mark Mike Mark Mike Trussell Marcus Freeman. You don't you don't you don't know exactly the buttons to push yet. You're still learning, and that becomes difficult for sure. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a very delicate balancing act that they're dealing with right now. And maybe it's a good thing that they're starting to, to get into this stretch where they're playing, you know, the best teams on the conference schedule and like time's up basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's a, uh, that's an interesting thing to watch as we're going forward. All right. Um, if Notre Dame wins out and Bearcats win out, what your opinion is likelihood of Notre Dame jumping Cincinnati? We did cover that way earlier with Dave. Uh, what's the opinion that the defense has only one speed of attack? Are we going too much prevent defense in the third and fourth quarter after taking multiple score leads and any way to balance that attack in the second half? I think you kind of answered that in the previous question that you just talked about. Um, but is there any more that you want to add to that? I just think, like, what it, what it comes down to to me – like, if you played sports, you, you know this analogy. This isn't a defense. and Like, Big Ten defenses do this really well. They play kind of on their heels, right? Keep everything in front. Be aggressive, but, like, everything is played at the line of scrimmage. This defense is at its best when they're playing on the balls of their feet, playing downhill, playing behind the line of scrimmage. And I think finding that balance of like how to how to dial that back a little bit but not all the way is the challenge for Mike Tressel because I think so far what we've seen is either all the way up or all the way down and finding the five and you know instead of everything is 10 or zero finding the five might be the challenge that, that this team is faced with to end the season. Right. And I'm not, I'm not going to accuse anyone of it, but if, if I was a player and like, you know, you do get up by this certain amount and you are facing teams that I'm, I'm not saying South Florida necessarily did it, that are just continuously just running the ball. I, it's not like you get bored with what's happening in front of you. You're, you're kind of just at that point where you're like, like, like you want like a competitive game, like, like this I'd is be this mad, game. irritated, and frustrated. This right, shit. like, right, exactly. It's just like, come on, like, like we need, we need something. That's why I'm excited for Saturday because I think that's going to be the first, first dose of seeing someone just coming out and having athletes that at least somewhat can compare up to you. All right, being senior day, would Sauce and any other underclassmen, like maybe Wiley, be out there with their families? if they already know they will be leaving early or is it just reserved for the seniors fifth slash sixth year players? Um, they've allowed guys in the past to do, I mean, it's not something we've seen regularly here, right? But uh, I think if sauce wanted to do something like sauce is going to the NFL sauce is not going to be a Cincinnati Bearcat next year. If he well, wanted what? the senior, 
Is this breaking news? <laughs> yeah, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Hopefully uh, he's still in Cincinnati. Oh, that's not fucking happening. But uh, they like first round corners. So and they and they're corner. they're trending back towards the middle of the pack. So and they didn't even uh, have to travel to watch him. That's been a frustrating thing with me and the Bengals. Is there's been a lot of talent right here that they haven't spent a whole lot of time scouting. They've been here with this the, year. They show up every year, but they they haven't actually turned that into uh, the drafting those players. Um, I, yeah, I mean it's possible. Uh, we'll see. It'll be you know. The, the interesting one last year was was Beavers not Beavers, yeah. walking for senior day. So maybe there's some some hints in that as well. But if Sauce went to Luke and said, hey, I want my parents to come down. I want the senior day experience. Uh, yeah, that would be allowed to happen. And then the funny. interesting basketball one was Mamadou Diara. Whoa. <laughs> that the, was the, wild. I mean, I know you say that this isn't something that they've had to deal with a whole lot, but they haven't had many people jump. I mean, that's why to, I say that. Right. Right. I mean, so that's just James and Mike. We're in, we're in new territory here for this. Right. Uh, which assistant coach is next for a head coaching job? I saw where Trestle has been mentioned for accurate. I mean, Denbrock's been Denbrock was up for, for some stuff. Um, probably more likely like a, a power five coordinator job. He more than named a on head the... coaching job. Top coordinator list. Yeah, so. the, the Broyles Award. That'll that'll get you some some juice in coaching circles. Um, I don't think anybody yet for a head coaching job, like right at this point, other than Denbrock. I don't think Trestles to that point right now. Um, Gino would be like an offensive coordinator hire. Yeah, Gino's next step is offensive coordinator. Um, but I don't think anybody like ready to be a head coach yet. But we didn't expect Doug Phillips to be named head coach. And yeah, Youngstown State, here we are. Later, Joker. All right. Um, most disappointing players grouping so far this season and most surprising. Most disappointing. Uh, has anybody been disappointing? I mean, early in the season, I think you could say maybe special teams, maybe, but I think that's even a reach. I mean, I, you know, the, if you're if you're just looking at counting stats, I guess somebody could say defensive line. But when teams have thrown the ball, this defense has been a menace on the quarterback. Yeah. So um, that's why teams are running because they know if they throw, they're not going to have time for routes to develop. It's not. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't think you can knock on the linebacker group at all. Offensive line no, has, has, has been, been great. good. I, I wouldn't say they're great. They've been good to, to a little above good. And I think that's, that was the expectation, right? Like yeah. we knew there was going to be a drop off with Hudson and Harper gone. Running back's been you, phenomenal. Yeah. Most Jess disappointing really players yeah. grouping has been the rest of the AAC. There we go. It would have been nice if some of these teams had a couple more wins so people would shut their stupid pie hole. <laughs> Most surprising, though? Most surprising. Uh, uh, sniper position, can we single that out all by itself? Yeah, I mean, Van Fossen and Cook, or Van Fossen and Pace have been outstanding. Yeah. 
Um, I would, I would still throw a wide receiver in there because that was and uh, in large part an unknown because of how much turnover there was in that room the year before. Uh, Pierce has, Pierce has taken things up another level. Tyler Scott has been good. I'd throw out running back because we knew Ford was good. Ford is, Ford is really good. Yeah. I don't think we knew he was great. Yeah. And, 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 and the guys behind him have been, been more than serviceable. Absolutely. When called upon. All right. And then, uh, and then the rake at punter. There we go. Yeah. For sure. All right. Moving on to basketball here. Um, we still have quite a bit to go. Um, what are you hearing about the staff? How the staff feels about their chances with Collier or Xavier Booker? They're 2023s, guys. Come on. All right. All right. Um, how's Vic's ankle? I don't know. These are, size, these are quick. These are good. Size of a baseball, yep. but I think it's going to go down. Who would win in a game to 50? UC basketball's current starting five or prime LeBron, prime Kevin Durant, current Chad Brendel, current Aaron Smith, and current Brent Young? Give me the team with LeBron and Durant. Yeah, because we we just we just have to get out of the fucking way. <laughs> I think we just, and then we play a zone on defense and just yeah. inbound the ball to one. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm what, good. What, what would what would the final score be? I, I don't know. Prime LeBron, Prime Durant, arguably two of the top ten basketball players of all time. Let's go with. Uh, I don't know. I think a, a lot I think we to win not as much. Yeah, I think we went comfortably. We'd we'd get scored on a hundred percent. We get scored on. Hell, I think I'm firing some threes up during the game. I mean, I, no, you're not. You're not touching the ball. You get LeBron, you get LeBron might be angry, but I'm saying, man, let me just fire one up. Let me get one. The no one. Yeah, you can get one. You can get one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> top Thank five you. things on the basketball team that has been top five, man. Um, most surprising. Answers can be Victor playing well, DDJ not making shots, Newman getting all the hustle points. Also, is there anything we haven't seen yet you've been told to watch for? And I think we've touched on a lot of it. Like uh, Mike has been a surprise a little bit and how much Wes is like relying on him. Vic, we've talked about at, at length. length. Um, Odie. I really liked Odie. Yeah. I think Odie's been good. That's that high energy um, you need. I think Davenport's been pretty much who we thought he was going to be. He hasn't really started connecting on the three yet, but I think that'll come. Um, I think the connection of the team, we heard about it, but how obvious it is on the court and coming out of huddles and coming, you know, back onto the there's, sideline. There's like nothing I love more than watching Mike Saunders get a rebound and just dust Slot. everybody to the rim. Like, yeah, yeah. I loved it the first time I saw him. I love it just as much, if not more now. He did that. He did that against Georgia. He got that rebound basically on the baseline. That wasn't a long rebound. Right. That he got it like the free throw line and used for momentum. No, he got the thing basically like at the block, the bottom block on the, the free throw line and just dusted everybody to the rim to lay it up. Like that shit is fun to see. Well, as for the question, anything we haven't seen yet that you've been told to watch for, I think it's got to be Jarrett Hensley. Yeah, I mean, but who are you taking off the floor? I'm just saying, I mean, told to watch for, that doesn't even have to be this year. Yeah, long term, Hensley McGinnis, I think are both going to be significant contributors to this thing. 
All right. Uh, would our co coaching staff win a national title on the court against other staffs? Wes at the point, Stowe at the two, DJ at the three, Kyle at the four, Roberts at the five would be pretty strong. I wouldn't that like I, I'm putting Jake Thielen. Like Jake Thielen was a Division two All American. Like Jake Thielen shot like seventy percent at Bellarmine. Like Jake Thielen was really good, and he might be the most attractive person to ever work inside UC basketball. <laughs> Slide, like slide DJ to the two. That's 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 not a bad call. <laughs> I, I have had women at the Holy Grail be like, "Who Who's is that? that? Guy? Who yeah. is that?" Yeah, like that's, that's... Brent Young, but that <laughs> other handsome man over there. That you haven't be... been to the Holy Grail, so you don't qualify for this this analogy. I know. I know. Boom! Roasted. <laughs> Got him. Got him. That wasn't a roast. All right. Next question. All right. What's your impression and expectation of Adu? You've seen him practice and gotten feedback from the offseason. We're only two games in, but I had a different vision of what he would be showing us. I know he comes with a good defensive shot blocking reputation, but he seems a little less fluid, agile than what I had anticipated. I mean, I watched him at Mississippi State. This is kind of who he is. If you know, if he was agile and fluid, he'd be in the he NBA. Wouldn't. He wouldn't be playing his fifth year of college basketball. He'd be in the NBA. Like I mean, that, that he the thing does. Him, I'm surprised with though, is they they do send it to him in the post, like two or three or you know of the first yeah. few possessions of the game, which is interesting. I, I think that the thumb injury has kind of slowed him down a little bit because I don't think he's catching the ball, uh, possessing the ball quite as well as he could, um, but. No, I mean this is like he's a he's a rim protector. He's kind of a, a physical presence around the rim. But like if you were expecting uh you know like a, a guy that was, you know, fluid and had a bunch of offensive skill while also blocking shots and rebounding, like he would he would have been in the NBA 2 years ago. So that that's I I would maybe tighten up the expectations a little on on Abdul all right um after this seeing this team two games in are any of you wanting to change your season prediction for the basketball team um i know mm -hmm. i said like i said like 15 16 we'd be happy with 17 18 you're very happy with and anything outside of that you'd be ecstatic with i still think that's a fair assessment i, I said 17 to 19 win range um I think they what I want to see a little bit more as they get through these buy games is like is there a like a dip like is there a starting to believe their hype a little you know what I mean like do you let one of these teams come in and shoot really well from three Georgia shot 50 percent from three like yeah that that I think is a fair concern um but other than that, no, I mean, they're they're pretty much on track with with what I was thinking so far. I'd still say right in that 17 to 19 win range. I'm sticking with my optimism. Of course you are. Over under on number of games, Wes keeps his jacket on until the first media timeout. Zero. I agree. That man, that man wears that a jacket. On. That man wears a jacket because he's supposed to wear a jacket, and he is looking to get it off immediately. Mm -hmm immediately what was it like 30 seconds first blown assignment it's off 
Yeah, like the first time he has a chance, he has no desire to wear that jacket at all. Right. He's too animated. He'd tear it. He's just going to flex out of it, like throwing his arms around. All right, 20 regular season wins with this team. Schedule is always my bar. Blah, blah, blah. All right, moving on. The Banks. The busy, busy Banks. Coming around the home stretch. Um, so, Skins follow-up question after the, the Cheers question. Choose your own adventure. Option one is UC is guaranteed a spot in the CFP, but Aaron is kidnapped and left in a well by a serial killer who makes him lotion his skin so he can wear it as a petticoat. Option two is you free Aaron, but we are relegated to being Xavier fans and having to go to weddings every Saturday in Gary, Indiana. These don't seem like fair options. Which option do you pick? It's option one. Moving on. Um, <laughs> we all know. Would you rather have Thanksgiving dinner with an all Xavier family, Thanksgiving dinner with an all Ohio State family, or Thanksgiving dinner with Skins family? <laughs> I can't Aaron. do the Xavier. Th- the, the, the Xavier people hate me too much. I'd go Skins family and just toss a coin to see if I survive. I'd, I'd go Ohio State because I've got some Ohio State friends, sadly. And, uh, and I wouldn't mind a uh, Thanksgiving dinner with, with them. So. Maybe right. skins too. We can devise a good plan. <laughs> I wouldn't mind skins family because we just make fun of skins. Right. All right. That's like so, what happens like with my wife and my family. They just take shots at me the entire time. So, I, you know, I can relate. I get it. Uh, Ocho sports you're addicted to for me, balloon world cup, school bus, figure eights and cheese rolling races. Um, have you seen that? the clips of people like running down the muddy hill. Yeah. That's where they're cheese like, rolling races. Yeah. They're trying to race the cheese down the hill. Oh, they're racing the cheese. If that's yeah. it, then I'm all in on that. That's that's fantastic. some dangerous shit. Those, yeah. People like those wheels of cheese are like a thousand pounds. I thought they were just chasing like a little one. No, no. Like it's like wheels of cheese. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like what happens? Like people get, Fucked up in those things. <laughs> fucked up in those like, things. I'd imagine you'd have like how many people have bones sticking out of their body? Like after a lot of falling them. down that muddy hill. A lot of them. Not a little of them. A lot of them. Like your your majority. Like there's like thirty ambulances waiting at the bottom of the hill of the. Cheese I don't races. even know if that would be enough ambulances. It's not like you two to three <laughs> people in ambulance. The village pit. Yeah, just pile these stupid motherfuckers in the ambulance and let's the, go get their broken bones healed. The European village is pissed. Like, why do you do this every year? We can't staff this. <laughs> right. Looks like a fucking like a like a war was going on. What's what's going on? Was there a war? No, no. cheese wheel. Cheese, they're chasing the cheese is chasing them down the hill. Anything, Brent, here? I would say, uh, hey, you guys see those slap, those slapping games? That, that's pretty intense. And then it is pretty intense. And then Aaron, right up your alley, would be the pillow fights. Uh, I think those are really picking up a lot of steam recently. I didn't know that was a thing. Look, look it up. It's kind of. I'd love. I'd love to just get the BC BCJ staff together for that, so we could all just slap the shit out of each other one time, like to see who can take it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
worst TV show that you've watched more than a dozen episodes of? I fuck that kid. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to do the continuation joke here. <laughs> Absolutely had to. <laughs> what's, awesome. what's yours, Aaron? Oh man. I, don't, I mean, part of me wants to say Game of Thrones because of the way that last season what? ended, but the rest of the, the series was too good to actually use that as, as my go-to. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling here. Like, I, I hadn't really thought this one out. But you got one? I mean, like, here's the thing. If I get to 12 episodes and your TV show has sucked, there's no fucking chance I'm going to continue watching it. That's true. Okay. Well, like, well, it's like sucked. Is that just like an in general thing or you personally thought it sucked? I mean, I couldn't watch like Fuller House or the Boy Meets World remake. Like, like I couldn't. I, I just like some people think Outer Banks is is a is a worst TV show. No, I watched, what the, like I the question is. What TV show have you lived through for uh, uh, like you just what tortured is now, yourself? Now, see, that's the, that's the uh, kind of where the difference here. Now, a full season is 12 episodes, like 12, 13 oh. episodes. It used to be that a full season was 23 episodes, right? So, in the old days, if you made it through half a season, like it used to be, you go from September to like December. And that would be half a season. And then they would take the holidays off and come back until like March or whatever. So you would get like 12 episodes on one end, 12 episodes on the other end, you know, maybe a bonus episode, whatever. So I can see like for some old shows, maybe I'm sure there's like some dumb shit. Kelly made me watch back when <laughs> we used to watch TV together. We don't watch TV together anymore. Cause I can't do it. Well, and I mean, she watches all of the bad shit. Let's be honest. A dozen episodes is at, even at a half hour. That's six hours of your life you're never getting back. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I, if I'm that in like that invested, I'm I'm plugging through or finding something good. But I'm not going a dozen episodes for something that I hate. If yeah. I get through if I get through two episodes, I like the show. Right. <laughs> That's fair. I okay. I got an answer. I do have an answer, and it pains me to give this answer. Let's hear it. The Blacklist. You didn't like it. I loved it for like five seasons. Then you hated it. And then it just became an absolute unmitigated disaster. Okay. Like it was terrible after the first like four or five seasons. Does does had a nice Blacklist reference. When he walked into the the press conference, it was like like an all black room. And he's Mm -hmm. like, He's like, oh wow! I feel like I'm walking into a scene of in on a blacklist. <laughs> like that was pretty funny. So, like the first four seasons of that show were phenomenal, and I like, I love James Spader. Like I love James Spader. He like one of my favorite actors of all time, especially like in the TV genre. Like, did you guys watch Boston Legal at all? Not no. It was Spader and William Shatner. And it was absurd. It was so funny, like clever, smart. Boston Legal was phenomenal. 
So I, I like Spader just does great work. I love it. Like I really enjoy what he does, but like, as they got through, like who was, who was the mom and is he the dad? And like, once they answered kind of like answered the questions, the show just got fucking ridiculous and I couldn't watch it anymore. So the thing is, if I don't enjoy it, I quit watching. So 12 episodes, that's a high bar. It's a high bar. All right. If you were a Transformer... Let's do quick hitters. Quick hitters. If you are a Transformer, what would you transform into and why? A jet an airplane. For all the reasons. Exactly. An airplane. Yeah. Yep. Without question. Not even close. I'll, I'll do an airplane as well. The dinosaur. A helicopter? Airplane. Would a helicopter be like... Sure. Like an Apache? For, like for, for like local stuff. Like I don't need a jet for like right. local. Right. Right. True. So like True. to get from here, like I go from here to UC a lot, which is like a 30 minute drive, which isn't bad. But if I could do it in eight, like if I had a helipad in the backyard, it could just hop in the helicopter and, and well, get no, to UC you in eight hop minutes. In the helicopter. You are the helicopter. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like be, yeah. be a helicopter. Like I'm at UC. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Like I would, I would do that for sure. You'd make it, you'd make it faster as a jet. Um, if you could only listen to one band slash musician for the rest of your life, who would it be and why? Okay, so I've got three basic genres. I'm a classic rock guy, I'm a grunge guy, and I'm like a '90s hip hop guy. It would be between Led Zeppelin, Jack White, and Outkast. And I think I would probably have to go Jack White just because he has like 40 bands. Okay. Right? Like, so Jack White's done so many different things. Bluegrass, rock, like classic rock, that you could you could get your fill of enough different stuff with Jack White that I think I could I would prefer to like Jack White would be my choice. I've got too many to think of. I'm I'm all over the place when it comes to music. I, I it would take me a long time to dwindle it down to one. Pick one, Brent. God damn it! I'd go Blink One Eighty Two. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've kind of been on a little bit of a Queen kick lately. I I just like Queen. The, uh... Queen is fucking Queen's. They they got a lot of like, again, like Jack. They've got a lot of stuff that's like all over the place. Right. Right. So you could entertain yourself without listening to Blink-182, the same song over and over again. The same, the same chords. With right. Like that's, that's why I can't do Blink-182. Oh, no. like, yeah. Did you see that there's a comedian that, was, that, that did like a parody of like, uh, like pop punk? Sounds about right. And, they're all the, and, it's all the same. And how they're all now like uh, getting into trouble, like dating underage girls. And he started like singing oh, this, like, the, the songs back. And then, like, they told us, they told us this. Like, it, it's, it's fucking funny. I can't remember who it was, <laughs> but it was, it was really, he did like, he did like eight different parodies of like what, what pop punk sounds like with lyrics <laughs> that like told you that they were child molesters. <laughs> <laughs> Don't destroy my late teens. All right. Would you rather talk like Jar Jar Binks for the rest of your life? Like me, size Jar Jar Binks. Wow, or very good, Aaron. Look like Jar Jar Binks for the rest of your life, and why? I'm gonna go with look like. I think I'm gonna go with look like because everybody hated him, and it had nothing to do with what he actually looked like. 
<laughs> I think it's pretty clear. Wes Miller told me I'm like one of the least fashionable people he's ever met. And I was like, yeah, because I don't care. <laughs> so I don't care what people think of my looks. I couldn't do this talking like Jar Jar Binks <laughs> because nobody would listen. So I think they it'd be pretty interesting. Um, I'll go looks as well. There, there you right. go. Most overrated and underrated fruit. Oh boy, pears suck. Pears are terrible. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, you never thought. Have you ever thought, you know what I need? I need a good pear right now. But if you have a pear in front of you, I don't think it's bad. I feel that way. I don't think it's good. I feel that way about oranges. I like, like, I I don't crave oranges, but like, I like, like, oranges are okay. I don't go Uh, out of my way to eat oranges. I don't go out of my way. Like, if there's other juice options available, I'll go with not orange juice. I don't know if they're Uh, overrated, but I kind of hate cantaloupes. And yeah, cantaloupes are trash. Melon's trash. I'm, uh, I kind of think uh, pineapples in my book are a little overrated. No, about, no. See, that's because you don't grill your pineapple. What about Fair. underrated, though? I'm going mangoes. So, uh, yeah, mangoes would definitely be on that list. Uh, kiwi especially for me. I like dehydrated. Kiwi. Kiwi, kiwi is delicious uh, also. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's the kiwi and mango would be my list on the underrated fruit scale. Like I think right. bananas are properly rated, apples are properly rated. Berries. Uh, yeah, I might go blueberry. I like mainly not for like eating just the blueberry, but like blueberry muffins, blueberry pancakes. Right. Like I'll say eating putting, blueberry overrated, but having a blueberry in something. Yeah, yeah, underrated. Um, yeah. Like the the cobbler, blueberry cobbler, fantastic. I do a peach and blueberry cobbler that is phenomenal. As with the peaches as... I get every year from the peach jam. Raspberries, uh, overrated. Raspberries Black, suck. Blackberries. Blackberries suck. I uh, love blackberries. Blackberry, raspberry, blueberry, banana is my smoothie jam. All right. Uh, <laughs> will, will Jonathan India be a Reds Hall of Famer when his Reds career is over? Yes. Well, he's gonna, he's gonna. Well, the question is like, Red's how long? How long, how long will he be here? Yeah. How long will they before they trade him? He, he's he gonna be a, here six years at least. He won or, a rookie of the year his first year. Yeah. I think he'll be a Reds Hall of Fame. Or or how long until they decide not to pick up his option? Uh, or, or well, that's not just, they've got they've got him under team control for six. I'm years. just I'm just saying I down think, the line if he has one. It, it was a joke. I think in six years he can become a Reds Hall of Famer. Yeah. Following a win, what are your top three bourbon or scotch choices? I don't drink either, so I, I'm out on this question. Um, so if you're not familiar with good spirits in Northern Kentucky, you need to be. Because they get some, like, stuff that's exclusive to them that that doesn't show up at, like, your standard liquor store. This is the last there's, question, by the way, and then we're out. There's a new there's – a, there's a good spirits by my house. There's, like, four or five of them in Northern Kentucky. And I walk in, and there's an Indian man. He's delightful. Um, that that owns the store, runs the store. Then every time I walk in, I say, "What do you got good for me?" He says, "I got you, my friend. You want to try this?" And every time he sends me home with something, it's delicious. I had a uh, couple nights ago. I had a uh, Maker's Mark holiday candy bottle 
specially made for the good spirits uh liquor stores that was outstanding and uh so i would uh, anywhere that the i haven't got his name yet because we're you know we've only lived here for like four days uh but (laughs) anywhere anything that he recommends to me (laughs) i i i found the place about a month and a half ago and i was going out of my way to stop there now it's a problem because it's literally like a four minute drive from my house um but anything he recommends uh they have yellowstone i don't know if you've had yellowstone before but they have barrel strength yellowstone great Uh, great tv show the 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 abv has been uh 109 115 and 120 120 is like fucking drinking everclear (laughs) don't forget you can watch that don't forget you can watch that excellent show yellowstone with your subscription to bearcatjournal.com whoa Aaron, boom uh uh, Johnny Walker, black if it was a good win, blue if it was a great win. I mean, that's spending. The dude goes to unless Ireland it's for gifted. Weddings. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did go on a big Irish whiskey kick, a little like red breast. I've yeah. I've had an Irish whiskey kick before, and Irish whiskey is great. But I'm from Kentucky, and we do bourbon. You do the bourbon. The bourbon is where it's at. Amen. All right, so that is the mailbag. Good God, we're almost Holy at two hours shit. and twenty-five. Minutes. All right, guys, that was you know everyone did a great job on this podcast. That was a fantastic job. Anything else before we shut this one down? No, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yet again, a great, great pod. Thank you for coming on, our dear friend, our comrade, Mister Dave Simone. But again, for my good pals, good buddies, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young. This was.